Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome in, Primers, to this issue 59 of DC Primetime. From the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. And we are back with all new episodes of Supergirl, The Flash, and Arrow. And we're in the home stretch, man. We are in we the, are. We're in the final episodes of the season, and... Uh, that is a good thing and a conundrum with some of the shows this week, uh, which we'll, we'll get to in a little bit. But first things first, Rob, thank you for covering last week and providing some Not news stories problem. for everybody. It's, uh, it's been a rough couple of weeks for me, so I apologize to the listeners out there if uh, it seems a little slacking. But things are starting to pick up, and um, yeah, so... Uh, I'm back. I'm, I'm back in good form for for this. Good stuff. Yeah. And like I said, yeah, I didn't expect that I'd be able to go almost 20 minutes just talking about the news last week. But <laughs> who thought? Who'd have thunk it? Well, apparently, um, you were telling me before we record, before we started this recording, that uh, this week's news is going to be a little interesting too. Yeah. Instead of I think just me just reading the news, I think there's going to be a couple that we're going to have to stop, really think about what's going on right now. And uh, really discuss some some things because, uh, man, there there's the one story that changes the game for everything. I think, and so. I've I, I've stayed away from these news stories. When you said that, I told you not to tell me what they are because I I'm not sure what they are. So I'm I'm looking forward to hearing them now because I'm going to be hearing them for the first time. Yeah, uh, and one of the other things we got to say is obviously, uh, you know, we we were talking three shows, not our normal four, uh, and we'll get into that in the news. So yeah. Be ready. Yeah. yeah. Most of our listeners already know which show we're not going to be talking about this week. Um, and, yeah, in the news, we'll, we'll talk about why and and, such. and uh Yeah, and actually one of our listeners, uh, I think his name is Will, uh, I think is one of the uh, – he's, I think, liked a couple of things, but he was the one that posted it on our page and said, hey, guys, one less thing you have to worry about nowadays. So um, – which is good because it, it it cleans the slate a little bit for us uh, for next year, uh, <laughs> and, but and, even next year we have a hard call to make. I and, think. I, and I loved your very quick update of our cover photo on our Facebook page. Within an hour, <laughs> within an <laughs> within hour, you had that updated, and that was uh, that was wonderful. Uh, but yeah, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime, if you want to check that out. Plus all the news stories that we post and everything, too. We'll plug that again a little bit later on. But, you know, as we mentioned, uh, Flash, Supergirl, and Arrow all back with new episodes this week into the home stretch. I think four more episodes of each uh, from this point going forward. I believe, yep. Uh, so uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about these three episodes, starting with the bullet points, where we give each of the shows our one of three-point ranking, sidekick, hero, or legend. Starting first with Supergirl, season two, episode 18. Rob, what do you give this one? 
This one is getting a hero. While there was a lot of cool things I loved about this episode, very notably Raw Coley from iZombie coming over playing Biomax. Um, I was so happy to see him on the show. It was great. Um, man, there's uh, there's some trouble ahead, and uh, I think specifically that we've been talking about. So we'll get into that in the synopsis, in the breakdown. So. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat. I, I gave it a hero. It was, it was a good episode, don't get me wrong, uh, but uh, it, it was nothing that blew me away. And I expected that when these shows came back from this hiatus and, you know, again, we're in the home stretch of these, I expected more. And uh, I was a little disappointed, uh, in, in, not in the show itself, but in the fact that we didn't get that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Next up, we have The Flash, Season 3, Episode 19, Sidekick Hero or Legend? Legend. This one easily falls probably in my top three favorite episodes of this show ever. Um, those obviously being the Speed Force episode from season one, uh, the Runaway Dinosaur. Well, actually, no, it was uh, I think the finale of season one, the Runaway Dinosaur from season two, and then this one's fitting in snugly right near it. So, um, yeah, Legend for me as well. This was a phenomenal episode, and we'll talk about it a little bit more when we break it down. But uh, hats off to Tom Cavanaugh. Man, great directing. Who directed this episode. So we were looking forward to seeing this episode a lot because, one, it was the return, uh, and two, because of Tom Cavanaugh's directing debut of the show. So, um, yeah, it was hats off to Tom Cavanaugh for this episode. It was phenomenal. Uh, And lastly, we have Arrow Season 5, Episode 19, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend. As much as it pains me to say this because it was a good episode, this would have been a legend if it happened like three episodes back, not right on the home stretch. Uh, hero. Yeah, uh, same thing for me. This 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 episode kind of suffers the same thing as Supergirl did this week in that it was uh, I expected more from an episode that was coming back. And you're right, it was a good episode. That I'm not putting anything down on that. But when you're into these final episodes where you're coming ready to end this, you you gotta be. Like when these shows return, especially the way this show left us, um, we needed you better more. come in firing all cylinders. Yeah, exactly, you needed more. It, it doesn't take away anything. It was a good episode. The story was good. The, the acting and the action was good, but it needed more for going into this home stretch. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's jump backwards and head back to Supergirl season two, episode eighteen titled Ace Reporter. Lena's ex-boyfriend Jack Sphere comes to National City to reveal his breakthrough in nanotechnology that has the potential to eliminate all diseases. Um, so as we mentioned, you know, we're going into the home stretch, and Rob, you put it uh, good. You, you put it in a great way before we started recording, and that's when you come back from a break and you're in the final five episodes of this show, you need to be in a main plot point. And you need to be focusing on that main plot. No more side stories at this point. No more villain of the week at this point. You need to be focusing on the main story. And that's one of the main reasons why this only got a hero is because that's exactly what this did. It was another villain of the week. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, Arrow had a closer connection to what was going on, but everybody wants to see Prometheus. And if you haven't seen that, that like, you know, I hate to jump to Arrow for a second, but like they did a a sizzle reel of the final five episodes and it was so packed we t- i talked about it last week i could have talked about that sizzle reel for probably 20 minutes on its own there was so much that had me excited and this episode or you know like this episode of supergirl 
you would expect that that bravado coming in and saying, hey, we have all of these plot threads dangling all over the place. We don't know what's going on with Lena Luther. What the hell is going on with Queen Rhea? What's going on with the president? All of these little things, and nothing was touched. And that's a big problem because I still don't know who really is the big bad of this season. Yeah, and especially this close to the end of the season, how do you not know who the villain is? And yeah, like I said, and we I completely even left out Cadmus into that mix. So, at, love the show. It's been a lot of fun. This is a problem they have in season one. They really need to make sure they address this. This is the last thing they really need to address for season three to be phenomenal. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... Um... Uh, God, um, I can't remember. Uh, Lyra. It, all of a sudden, she's back in the mix? Yeah. I, I well, y- That kind of came out of nowhere. Well, they, they make I don't know if you remember this, because it was a, quite a few weeks back, but when they had that whole little situation with Wynn, uh, she was doing a lot of, you know, involved in a lot of crime stuff in order to save her brother. So I think once that was resolved... Uh, but no, I, I, up, I remember so. that, but I thought she was leaving at the end of that episode. That's what I thought, too. And I, I, I guess not. <laughs> I, I thought like she was returning home after that because she had things she had to take care of at home. And then next thing I know, her and Wynn are making out in the back of the Guardian truck. I'm like, I, that kind of confused me a little bit because when I saw her, I was like, wait, wait a minute. I, I thought she left. Yeah, I, I like I said, fake Darla is still around. So. <laughs> fake Darla. She is fake Darla. She really is. She's, yeah. she's mock Darla. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, the Jack Sphere because you're right. It was great seeing that guy from – I forget his name. Um, uh, Raw, Raw Coley. Raw Coley, yeah. Uh, it was great mm-hmm. seeing him from iZombie come over. And I think he played the part of, of uh, Jack Sphere well. And it was really cool um, – you know, being able to see, and why can't I remember the name of it? Um, bio, not Biomax. Um, yeah, it Biomax. Is Biomax. Okay, all right. Um, it was really cool kind of seeing that in action. Yeah, like, they did a really nice job, uh, I think, with the effects in this episode. Like, I think one of that shots that just kind of made me stop, and I'm like, that looks gorgeous. It's the moment that Kara freezes uh, the cloud of uh, nanobots heading towards her with, uh, you know, the ice breath. And you see them all kind of like looks like a thousand and one needles just in the air, just frozen with the streaks behind them. And it just looked so visually awesome. Yeah, it was it's funny because it and this uh, to anybody else. I know we've gotten some praise sometimes every time we kind of break away from the DC universe a little bit because they kind of they know our nerddom reaches out past this. But in a similar thing, and I know I don't think you and your wife have been watching for a while, but the same week that we got a nanotechnology episode of Supergirl. We also got a nanobot technology episode of Doctor Who. So I, I kind of got confused a little bit when I was trying to remember things about this episode. I was like, no, no, <laughs> wait a minute. That was Doctor Who. That wasn't Supergirl. So two well, like nanobot said, technology episodes yeah. and one within two days of each other. I kind of got a little confused but uh, in trying to recap everything. But yeah, I, I, I do think it was beautifully done. And again, like... I was excited when I heard Biomax was coming in and because Biomax is a big villain in, in the storyline, in the comic books. I was expecting more than one episode. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Hey, 
they're they're a little confused on their villain stuff still. <laughs> uh, I I will still I will still give them the pass on this because I think they did do a really nice job. Again, the the issue is the same thing as we're going to mention in Arrow. This is an episode that should have happened three or four episodes back. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, granted the the CW has done this pretty frequently with um their their end runs of a season. I I want to say the King Shark episode was right after the break going into the home stretch. Um, you know, last season. But, I mean, we were like, holy crap, they did King Shark, and we were so excited about it that I think we let the fact that the plot kind of went to the wayside uh, kind of slide. But, I mean, I think it's because that break felt abnormally long mentally. I don't know why. I know it's the normal length of their, their final break. But still, I wanted these shows to come back. I was really curious to see what Supergirl was going to do to tie their stuff together. Uh, and it didn't happen in this episode. I'm like, man, you've got four episodes to pull your entire season together, and I'm not sure you can do it. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, yeah. if they can do it, that's great. But to me, it almost kind of speaks that if you're able to pull your your season together in just three or four episodes, you really didn't put that much into your season as we thought you did. Yeah. And, and um, I've already been kind of confused to the season anyway, as you mentioned, is that to the, at this point we're in the you know these final episodes, and we still don't know technically who the big bad of the season is. Yeah, and the fact that we know, like, the the finale. We have General Zod coming in, for Christ's sake. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> and I'm like, you're going to introduce another villain in the end, the final parts of this. And it's like, okay, well, what what is going on here? Because now you have to figure out how the hell he factors into this whole mess. So it's it's getting more and more mentally confusing to figure out what the hell they're doing. Um, regardless, I love spending time with these characters. So... It, it, it's one of those things you can easily let slide. It's not like when we were talking about Gotham a little while back. Where we're like, well, kind of don't really care anymore, and I'm giving a hero because it technically wasn't bad, but I'm just not interested. This, it's a hero that I, I that I want to be a legend so bad because it's so much fun. Yeah. Now I'm 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 curious to what your thoughts on this because you did bring this up, so I figure I'll talk about this. And you did mention that you know General Zod is coming into Supergirl by the by the finale. Do we think that this is going to be something where they're going to set him up as a villain for the season? Or do we think this is just a one-off thing? He's just going to be involved in the finale, and then he's going to move on. Because I do have an opinion on this. I'm Uh, curious what you you think first. Right now, I think my brain is saying they're setting him up as the season three villain, which I think is a mistake. And Uh, that's where I fall in this, too. I'm okay with them borrowing villains from from the Superman lore to use for Supergirl. You can't use Zod. Zod is, in my mind, when you think Zod, you think Superman. You don't think Supergirl. He is the arch nemesis, in my opinion, of Superman. And it's great that Tyler is coming back in to play Superman in the finale, but I I don't think you can make Zod a, a season three villain and not involve Superman in the entire season. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I, I honestly, you know, my I, I, my hope was for next season is I think they could have done something really, really unique and cool by uh, really mixing it up. And next season, I would have loved to have seen uh, Melissa Benoist uh, play Double Duty and have somebody have a clone of Supergirl in the mix and do the, the Matrix Supergirl. I thought that would be something that could really work in this show nicely, having Cadmus basically develop uh a clone and they you have two supergirls uh and figuring out which one's the better of the two so or doing like a power girl story story and that's what i was thinking too was something like that i I mean i thought that could have been really cool they even did kind of a pseudo version of that in uh you know justice league unlimited near the end of its run 
where Star Labs uh, creates uh, Power Girl. So I think they could have done some cool things here, and I'm really kind of hoping that they get away from Kryptonian stuff. If you're going to pull a Superman villain that works really well for Kara, I would have pulled Brainiac. Um, I think that would have been a better move. Yeah, and if you are going to bring in Zod, uh, which obviously we already know that they're doing, my hopes is that it's somehow Lena pulls Zod into the mix and to assist her in her ultimate plan, whatever that might be, if she is the big bad, in fact. Uh, or not Lena. Um, uh, da, 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 um, Terry Hatcher's character. Um, Raya. Raya. Uh, you know, if Raya is the big bad, Raya brings Zod into the mix for, you know, a temporary fix, which brings Superman over to help. And then by the end of the episode, Zod escapes, Superman pursues him again which is how they both leave the episode so i i i hope it's just a one-off thing the only way i could i would be okay with zod being the season three villain is if tyler is added as a main character for season three yeah i think that's the only way i would be content with that too i mean i think it would overshadow supergirl a little bit but like maybe if he's going to be a reoccurring guest star yeah i think that that would work well like if you have like maybe like four or five episodes where we know we're going to see Clark in the mix somewhere. Uh, and then maybe just find a way in that that season to take him off the board. And Kara's got to deal with this on her own. It, 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 it raises her character up. So I mean, Cadmus could have something to do with it. It could have something to do with, you know, Superman being taken off the board, as you said. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But there's still a lot of questions hanging in the air with the show. We, we don't know what's going on with Cadmus. We don't know who the big bad is. Uh, we don't know what is the deal with Jeremiah Danvers at this point. Uh, and is Miss Martian coming back this season? Uh, yeah, it, um, there's still so much that needs to be explained, and I don't know where the storyline fits into next week either. Because the, the synopsis of next week is that Alex is kidnapped, Supergirl and Maggie must work together to save her. So unless she's kidnapped by Raya or Cadmus, I don't know where this is going to fit into the main storyline either. I have a feeling we're going to see a, probably a good chunk of the back half of the upcoming episodes start tying pieces together because there's a, I think there is a synopsis I've seen where the president is involved uh, in working with uh, Kara a little bit in either this upcoming episode or the episode after. So we know that's going to start tying into play really fast. I think they have a good shot at being able to pull everything together. But I did hear that we're going to have a very big Guardian-centric episode coming up, too. And I'm like, what is happening right now? What is going on? They need to figure this out. Um, yeah, not a lot of time to fix problems. Uh, but going back to the episode we had, I will say this. I love watching Katie McGrath in the show. Uh, Lena Luther is such an interesting, fun character. Uh, especially the dynamic and friendship between uh, her and Kara. And they're really building that Lex and Clark dynamic between the two of them in a really nice way that I believe. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Yeah, and she's not getting eaten by a dinosaur, which is always a plus. <laughs> so I'm looking ahead at some of the other of the future episodes of the. I only said that because I've been having an urge lately to watch Jurassic World. So I have too, actually. <laughs> um, after they announced Jeff Goldblum's coming back, yeah. Jurassic World too. I'm like, I really need to see. I, I might do that. that I might do that this afternoon, actually. Um, you know, looking ahead, uh, next week we have Alex being kidnapped. The following week we have um, National City is attacked by a Forian, which is a normally peaceful race with telekinetic abilities. Uh, and then the week after that, which is the penultimate, Supergirl grapples with whether or not to obey the president's orders and Ray's last actions, regarding Ray's last actions. So we know that 
by the penultimate, things are going. Yeah, things are going to start escalating as the as the season progresses towards the end. And we know in that penultimate, we we're getting uh, the return of Callista Flockhart uh, for that episode and the finale, and then in the finale, we're getting Superman as well. So, man, there's I'm very excited to see this play out. Yeah, so. and and on that note too, before we wrap everything's up, I was very happy to see uh, everything work out between Kara and Snapper Car this episode. Yeah, there, I did enjoy scenes, that. Th- this their scenes this this episode were really fantastic. Yeah, uh, Ian Gomez, correct, is yes. playing Snapper. Okay, yeah. um, he is such a great character because you hate him so much, but when he does something nice, you're like, oh, that's kind of cute. And the funny um, thing about it is too is he's a comedic actor. Yeah, and he plays that that bitter, hard character so incredibly well. He plays that dry, like, I hate you, please get out of my way. Uh, and I don't know if it's me, but anytime anybody screams Miss Tessmacher yes. in the show, I just smile. It's like an <laughs> ear-to-ear grin that I just look stupid. Yes. Um, but yeah, I love that. Uh, I gotta say, though, my uh, line of the week came out of this episode. I did, it so. might do. I'm wondering if it's the same thing. Is, is, so, it, is it a scene with is, Snapper Carr? No, this is actually – well, why don't you do yours first, then I'll do mine. Uh, Mine was towards the end, and again, I need to start writing them down or at least recording them because I don't remember it verbatim, but it was the scene at the end when he brings her – or when she brings him the the croissants or whatever pastry it was, and she said, maybe I'll open a food truck, and he takes a bite, and he's like, don't open a food truck. (laughs) Uh, I I think it was Danish. That's right. It was Danishes. That's right. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, mine was actually uh, when we saw uh, Jack Sphere and Lena at the at dinner, and we have the awkward scene with Monel and Kara coming in, and uh, as they're getting ready to leave, and they're like, "Well, you guys are obviously on a date," and Lena definitely doesn't want us here. It's just Monel grabbing Jack. He's like, "I feel a man connection between the two of us." He's like, "A man action." <laughs> <laughs> I, I just couldn't that. stop laugh, laughing from that line. Just the way that Chris Wood plays Monel um, just makes me smile. He's such a fun character, uh, and he's got so much charisma that's constantly oozing out of him. So I'm really, uh, really enjoying watching him. In this I forgot. I forgot about that too. I do have a. <laughs> I do have a runner up for line of the week too. That kind of that comes out of Arrow, but I'll, I'll talk about that when we when we get closer to that. And uh, yeah, and I was going to say too a lot. I don't know if a lot of people remember this, uh, but one of my first memories of Ian Gomez is actually from the UK version of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Huh. Ian Gomez was a cast member on the UK version. Yes, he version was. I forgot about that. Of Whose Line Is It Anyway? So I used to watch when Comedy Central didn't have a lot of original programming, and it was like, hey, it's a Saturday afternoon, I'm cleaning the house. Yep. Hey, cool. There's seven hours of Whose Line Is It <laughs> just on back-to-back. It's another marathon of Whose Line Is It Anyway, and I used to watch them all. Uh, yeah, so. seriously. Uh, all right, let's move on to The Flash. Season 3, episode 19, titled The Once and Future Flash. Barry travels forward in time to 2024 to find out Savitar's identity and save Iris's life. Uh, once again, as we mentioned earlier, directed by Tom Cavanaugh, uh, who we found out a couple weeks back, uh, probably like two months ago at this point, from Teddy Sears. Uh, Teddy was, was the one, I think, the first person that told us that he was directing. Or did we already know at that point? Uh, no, Teddy actually told us, and I think that might have been off air. Um, well, I, I don't know if uh, I can't remember. He, yeah, I can't, I can't remember, remember if it was in our interview, interview. Yeah, or or if he told us off air that that Tom was doing it. But no, 
no Teddy Sears in the background anywhere. So no, we'll have no, to no. reach out to him and be like, hey, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's, what's the deal? What's going on? Um, are you and Tom having a, a bit of a tiff? Or <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? Thinking about it, I think he did tell us that off air. Mm-hmm, I, I think did. he did tell us that after the interview was over because it wasn't it hadn't been revealed yet. And yeah, we weren't sure if we were going to be allowed to post that. That's so right. We, we, we held the info for quite a while. That's so. right. So for all of our listeners out there, we were we had privileged information that thankfully we didn't reveal because we we didn't know. But we actually knew that Kavanaugh was directing this episode, I think, probably for about a good two weeks before it was even announced. Um, I think we knew or at least a week. Yeah, we knew. Uh, but let's talk about the episode because when we're finished with this, I have a very interesting theory. Well, I'm going to get one thing off my chest right now that I'm really very angry about with this episode. Okay. Uh, and it's because it's the one thing I wanted more than anything out of this episode. I wanted Barry to come back to this timeline with that new suit. Why didn't that happen? (laughs) (laughs) That new suit looks so good. It needs to be a little bit more form-fitted. But I loved the look of that. It looked so good. Yeah, it does look it does look really sharp. Um, I honestly wasn't expecting him to come back with it. When we saw the pictures of the suit, I had a feeling it was the 2024 version of the suit. So I did too. I, I wasn't too disappointed that we didn't get to see him return with the suit. Well, now we can be excited because hopefully in season three, because more than likely that's that's their prototype for what they're going to do in season three. Uh, there's no way that they're going to spend a ton of money on a suit like that and not use it again. So, yeah, that's Wait that's very true. So we'll have to see how that how that plays out. Um, and I love seeing like all the the the, the theories online because obviously, and this is jumping to the end, but we do see Savitar's suit open up and somebody step out, uh, and everybody online is like, "We're going to find out next week who Savitar is." No, you're not. No, it yeah. sounds like we actually really are. Really? Uh, there was a there was a little bit online coming up that sounds like they are going to do the reveal next week. So. Really? I was expecting it to be a little bit later down the road, like closer there's to the finale. A, there's only four episodes left. We're pretty close to the end of the road here, so Yeah, but I don't um, think we found out who like we didn't find out who the man in the iron mask was until the end. Yeah, but I mean that was just a smaller plot point. That was uh, you know, like we've always found out who the big bad is, like usually around the mid-season point. So they they're dragging this one out. Granted, it's working, and it's working very well because it's constantly keeping us guessing. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think the, a lot of the way that the synopsis reads for next week, it sounds like we're going to find out. I do. Oh, God. I have such an interesting theory as to who it is. I do, too. Uh, I, so, really? I do. I definitely I, – I, I'm pretty much feeling locked as far as uh, who I think it is. Is it somebody we've mentioned already? It's one of the ideas and people that we were thinking of for quite some time. Okay, because so. mine's completely different now. All right, you know, let's just screw it. Let's get into you this. You want to talk about it now? All right, let... I want to talk about it now because that stinger at the end where we see that suit open up to, uh, in front of Killer Frost. And she's like, well, I'm in. What do you so, want me to do? Like, here yeah. is my theory. And this ties into this goes back to season one. Okay. I have a new theory. That the man inside Savitar's suit, because we know it is a man, and we know it's obviously we know it's a suit that he's wearing. It's a mechanical suit. I have a theory that the speed from Savitar is provided by the suit. It is not the man. The man inside the suit is Ronnie Raymond. Ronnie Raymond. Yep. That's exactly where my brain's at, too. I think it's Ronnie. And. 
I've had a little bit of evidence provided my way that kind of goes with this theory. There's no other person I can think of that could stand in front of Killer Frost that would make her say, I'm in. Like that instantly. It's nobody on the team because she's already against Barry. She's already against Wally. she's She's already against everybody. It's somebody that she knows, but somebody that she's not against. The only person I can think of is Ronnie. Not to mention the fact that the singularity that Ronnie flew into at the end of season one is the same color scheme as Savitar's suit. Yeah. And it was always the idea is I was there. You were there when I was created. You know, it's that idea because it was only three people that went through that singularity. Barry, Dr. Stein, and uh, Ronnie. So... And I've had I even said for the longest time since the end of season one, and when we talked about well, yeah, when we did our uh, you know season two discussion, that I still didn't believe that Ronnie was dead. Um, and I, there was a part of me, and I'm like, they're not gonna take him off the board like just like that with really no end. But the the fact that we saw him in the Speed Force, and he was so vindictive in the Speed Force too. And I mean, obviously that was the Speed Force talking for him, but something about that whole situation felt different. Um, and yeah, I, I really think it, it's Ronnie. The only other thing in my brain that, that could be the other possibility in the mix at all is Wally. Uh, Wally's still, I don't think, off the board. Um, the reason I think you see him catatonic in 2024 is maybe he realizes after coming to deal with Savitar, the reason that he hasn't spoken to anybody since is he realized he's the one that kills his sister has destroyed everything and just shut him down because they made a big point that we don't know what he saw that night. Yeah. So, um, so there, there's that big question there too. So I think in my mind, it can only be one of the two, but my brain's telling me it's Ronnie. Okay. I wasn't sure if we had talked about that before. So, uh, so we're on the same page about this. And the other thing that really makes me, that gives me the impression that it's the suit providing the speed and not the man is that when Iris is killed, she's stabbed She's not phased through like we've seen Reverse Flash do or Zoom do. Uh, Like when they killed people, they never had to do it with a weapon. They literally just phased their hand through them and killed them. If Mm. Savitar's true speed was from the person and not the suit, Savitar would have been able to do the same thing. But the fact that it was a weapon that killed Iris and not the actual suit itself or not the actual person itself makes me believe that the person inside that suit is not a speedster. Yeah. I, I, I'm really like I said, I can't wait to see this reveal. Um, but yeah, there's a big part of me. that's still thinking it's him. I, I don't know. I mean, granted, I think they're, I mean, they're, they're doing a really good job keeping this one quiet because whoever it is, if they're on set or have been unmasked at this point, I think we would probably know by now. So I think maybe you're right. Maybe we aren't going to find out this episode because I think there's a high chance there'll be pictures floating around of, Hey, this person's on set. I mean, we've already Um, seen pictures of, of the finale before we've seen who this is. So whoever it is, they're keeping a very tight. They're being very careful. Yeah. Um, But let's, let's talk about that too. In the finale, who's one of the people that we don't see with the group. Uh, well, I think it's safe that we can discuss it at this point because I don't know if anybody's dead or not. We we got to figure this one out still. Uh, if you don't want to know when I mentioned in two episodes back when I said, hey, everybody, here's that 30 seconds. Plug your ears, mute your podcast, whatever you need to do. Uh, we're going to do that again, but I'm not going to give you guys a time. So if you need yeah. a moment or two, 
what or do you want we want to give like one minute two minutes um I, I guess we can do maybe like two minutes because I don't know how long this is going to take us to talk about. Yeah, guys, it, it's um, a little bit more involved. I mean, it, we it's, we it's, put a spoiler warning at the beginning of every issue, so it, it's okay. not like our listeners don't know. Anyway, yeah. well, well, how about this? Maybe instead of that, do you want to just make a timestamp and uh, just put it in the description, like major spoiler for upcoming? Just please skip from here to here. Let's just do two minutes. Okay, Let's two just minutes. Do two minutes. Two, um, that's easier because I hate doing that shit too. So. Yeah, yeah I, I hate doing timestamps. Uh, so we'll do two minutes. Jump ahead two minutes if you don't want to know who we're talking about starting now. Okay, uh, so Killer Frost is definitely not in that picture. Yeah, Danielle Pennebaker is not in that picture, which leads me to believe that there's a possibility that it, she may be leaving with Ronnie if it is, in fact, uh, Ronnie in that suit. One of the other big theories out there right now is that she's going to choose to go into the Speed Force in order to get Jay out. Um, and she's the one that gets trapped in there because he still needs somebody to replace his his position there. So there's always a chance that could happen as well. Cisco, we know, can open up a vibe to the Speed Force. So I, I could see that being a potential possibility because we know Jay is in that picture. So that yeah, so somebody's I mean, got to take his place. Yeah, we do know that Jay comes out of comes out of the speed force somehow and but we do know from the previous episodes that in order for someone to leave the speed force somebody has to stay behind we don't see danielle panabaker in that in that um in that scene uh we do see jay garrick so we do know he comes out it could be there's multiple things that could happen from this caitlin could sacrifice herself in order to stop savitar or and to trap Savitar in the Speed Force. So how we do it on time? Uh, we still got about 50, forty-five seconds, so we're good. Okay. When we get close to the end, let me know. I will. I'll tell you ten seconds. Okay. Um. So yeah. So there's still multiple things that can happen in order. There's still multiple multiple situations that could happen. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, like I said, I'm really curious to see how that whole thing's gonna play out. Um, I really do think that's. Probably my my main theory on what's going to happen. Um, we're going to see her go in, Jay come out, and that's going to be that. So yeah, it's it, it's very interesting to see how this is going to how this is going to function, um, and that makes you wonder if she that person's going to be a part of uh you know ten seconds main, main part of the team for next season. So yeah, it's a it, big it, huge question. It, it it'll be interesting to see if uh, that character returns. Yeah, so, so two minutes is up, and, and that, I can't believe they're gonna kill Joe West. I know what the hell. <laughs> I can't believe they're bringing back his mom and dad again. Ah, they can't keep going back to that. Like the fact that they're gonna go back to the room and they're gonna kill Barry's mother yet again. And how about what that news that, that Tyler Hochlin Hochlin is joining the cast of Superman? That's like crazy. Uh, or you mean Supergirl? No, I I meant Tyler Hochlin is joining the cast of Superman of the Flash. Oh, We're throwing okay. people off the scent who clicked out for the last two minutes. <laughs> We're coming up with I, the most ridiculous stuff. I mean, fair, I thought fair. Vern Troyer as Doomsday was ridiculous, but, you know. I, that was... <laughs> Can you imagine? Ta- you can't keep typecasting him. God damn it. <laughs> Can you imagine Vern Troyer as Doomsday? I probably would have looked better than the one we got in Batman versus Superman, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> Mini Doomsday. Oh God! All right, so let's talk about the we we got those theories out. Let's talk about the actual episode and and some of the great stuff that came out of this episode. Uh, Obviously, I posted pictures of it, and oh God, I wish I remember who it was. I think it was Shad. Actually, I think it was listener Shad who did it, uh, who said it. But I posted a picture of emo Barry. No, it wasn't Shad. Who was it? Um, 
God, I'm looking this up as I'm talking about it. But I post, that's fair. It's fair. Um, post, I posted the picture of emo. Oh, it was Kevin, listener Kevin Bush, um, who totally nailed it. And he said, remember Garth Brooks's alter ego, Chris Gaines. If he had a brother, <laughs> this would be him. Barry he, Gaines, yeah. He was totally right. He looks like the, the Chris Gaines version of Barry. So I almost posted online too. I'm like, did Barry borrow Oliver's wig? Yeah, seriously. He's like, he's like, ah, you know, Stephen. I'm gonna go through your wig storage. I, I hope you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take your your island one and just trim it back a little bit, and I'm gonna dye it black. Yeah, or so dye it's black. all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I gotta say, uh, right off the bat, when we get into the uh, episode, they're dealing with the fallout of Killer Frost, um, which. It makes you forget that they just because normally they don't pick up seconds after something happens. I mean, they do at times, but um, it made me forget exactly where things were laying at the end of the episode. And I just rewatched the episode before this, before break, just last week. So it shows that I have an attention span of a ferret. <laughs> um, but watching the fallout of that fight happen and Killer Frost go, you know, I'm getting the hell out of here. But I love the fact that they dealt with Barry's is like, I'm going to the future. And they're like, you're going to do this now. He's like. It's going to be like I was never gone, guys. I can time travel. So um, I love the fact that, you know, in the mix of all that that emotion, you know, happening with the team, uh, you know, when he rips over to 2024. <coughs> excuse me, guys. Um, it was really interesting to watch. The, one of the first things that happens is we get Mirror Master and Top again, which was great to see. I'm really happy they haven't forgotten about those characters. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they're going to fit into next season because more than likely, as we said before, we're getting the Thinker uh, and the Rogues in full force. So it's kind of interesting to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, I'm very, um, I'm very excited for next season. I'm, I'm still excited yeah. for this season to wrap up. Well, I'm there's already... a new story too that makes me even more excited for the potential of what next season could be because I'm Ooh. still not sure how this is going to play out. Interesting. So. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but no, I got to say, watching Barry meet up with all of the members of Team Flash and seeing where everybody's at was kind of heartbreaking. It, it reminded me a little bit of Flashpoint when we're seeing, you know, that changed up world where there was there was still some fun there. Uh, minus, you know, like Wally getting run through. Um, but it was really, really interesting to watch everything play out this way because, man, like the team is just ravaged by the fact of Iris's death. So, well, not only that, but the other heartbreaking, the other thing to me that was really heartbreaking was, um, well, there are two other things that were really heartbreaking seeing the team in the future. One was seeing the, the disheveled relationship and the dissolved relationship between Joe and Barry. That um, was, I think, the most painful one to watch. Because that like, was something you, you always knew was solid. Like, that was something you never thought would break. Yeah. And to see it broken in the future, it's like, man, th- like, this has got to change. Like, so you got you to gotta fix this. Um, but seeing Cisco having lost his hands, yeah, to to a fight with Killer Frost, like that sequence, I was like, holy crap! Um, yeah, it was. It was. I know a couple people out there were like, ah, it was a little stupid and silly. I'm like, I was like, that was pretty impactful. Um, I think because it it shows that in that timeline how bad things are. I mean, like I said, you know, I gave a little bit of crap to Legends of Tomorrow's season finale, where I'm like, oh, you know, you've got this one, this one, so this doesn't matter. Something about this felt different, though. Like, this one felt like it really mattered. It was like this was the kick in the ass Barry needs to get out of his mopey state of, I I don't know how to do this, and be like, fuck it, we have to do this, we have to do this right. I, w- I refuse to allow this future to exist. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I mean, it, it was pretty much just a full-fledged 
uh, smorgasbord of broken relationships. Um, you know, Julian wasn't a part, you know, I love seeing um, uh, HR. Being, oh, HR's be, cracked me up. Being a romance novelist and all the text messages he was getting from the women. But, I mean, um, like, it re- it reminded me, like I said, it was it was what we knew of him from when he was on Earth-19. So the fact that he fell back to that was great. But it was the only moment, really, of levity we really got in this yeah. episode. And it, it was, I, I when they did it, it was a long scene. But I think it was needed because you needed to catch your breath. You really needed to catch your breath there. Because, like, it was just emotional gut punch after emotional gut punch. Yeah, so. exactly. And it was it was almost like you, like you said, it was a, a moment of needed levity between everything that was going on in that storyline because everything was so dark and depressing. You had, you know, Cisco losing his hands to Killer Frost. You had Joe and Barry not talking to each other over the death of Iris. You have Wally who's in a catatonic state. You have Julian who is not even a part of the team anymore. Basically um, working at a prison over like just watching over Killer Frost because you know he's still in love with her. Yeah, exactly. You know, which again is even another sad moment in that the fact that he's looking over her because he still loves her, and it's um, it gives me hope that there's a possibility we could see um, Tom Felton join the team as a season regular next season. Um, because, I think there's a high chance of that at this point because if we're seeing him in the future at 2024. Uh, still involved with the team, then hopefully that means he's still going to be part of the because he is such a great addition to that team, uh, and I love not him only on to that, show. not only to the team but to the cast. He's such a great addition, um, you know. So it's it's going to be good to see him stay with it. But there are so many, God, the future is so depressing. Man, I, I will say this though, in all honesty. If you think, I mean, I cannot wait until we do the annual for this season because, man, if you look at the journey of a couple of the characters from this season and relationships from this season, man, we hated Julian in the beginning. He was such a prat. Like, you just absolutely hated him. And now you're like, I want him in every episode. I love him that much of a as a character. But think about after Flashpoint, the dynamic between Cisco's relationship and Barry's. Like, after that, you know, he learns that Dante died because of Barry's actions. Um, then it, and it takes them until invasion for everything to get patched up. So like good 10 episodes. But when we jump to 2024 and it's that moment before Barry leaves, he's like, he's like, you know, you're my best friend in any time. Like there were some really touching moments. And I got to say the, the standout of this episode, hands down, uh, Carlos Valdez. And I think he gave his absolute best performance he ever has. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and that was another moment that really touched me watching this too, is, you know, when, He's, when he said that, when he said, you are my best friend at any time, you're right. That's such a change between these two characters from where this season started. Yeah. So so it was really amazing to watch. Like, the show, like I said, they, they capture the heart of what this, this character should be and the relationships this character has. Um, and they, they just did such a stunning job here. Like, everything about that, I think it was the relationship between the two of them is why I put this so high up on my list of, like, favorite Flash episodes. So. Yeah, and I'm and I can tell you right now, with as great as this season has been, when we're getting close to doing the annual, dude, I will probably be pushing through and rewatching this season. I'm probably gonna do the same. Like I think we're before we do like a lot of times when there are our show wraps for the season, we've only obviously done this once. But um, I think I'm gonna need a good two weeks before we dive into the annuals after the finales, just so we have a little bit of time to really dig in, rewatch some of these things, and really look at them. I mean, like, I think Supergirl will be an easy one to jump into. Um, but I think Flash is going to be... Flash and Legends of Tomorrow are going to be interesting ones to have to do rewatch and break back down. I think it would almost be... I, I think it would almost be kind of cool if we did... 
um, you know, scheduling instead of doing, you know, a flat, a super goal annual. And then the next week doing a flash annual next week doing legends and whatever. I, I think it would almost make sense if we kind of space them out a little bit over the summer. Maybe um, do like the Supergirl annual, do a summer episode, then do the and Flash, then do the flash annual, annual, and then episode. do a summer episode, and then Legends annual. So we kind of give ourselves like two weeks to kind of recap the season ourselves before we dive into before we dive into the annual. Yeah. So um, and, and so it we'll, we'll it start planning because yeah, we'll start planning because we don't have a lot of weeks to start figuring this one out. No, so <laughs> no, not at all. And of course, to so, all of our listeners out there, if you have something that you want us to cover on one of the summer episodes, please. You well, know, whether it's an animated film or, you know, a live action film or a comic book series or, you know, and, start sending in those requests now. Yeah. This is the time. So we can start planning our some planning this summer. Um, so, yeah, because, well, I mean, we got a lot of stuff. We got quite a bit of time to fill. So, yeah, well, I already have one mentally planned out and I got to reach out to a guest. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll even say it now because I want to make this happen over the summer. Uh, we want to get Brian Glein back on. Um, and specifically, I want to sit down and talk about uh, DC Rebirth number one. Really get into it with me, Ben, and Brian. If we can get Sean into the mix, that'd be great. And then followed up with talking about the button, the current crossover that's happening right now between uh, Batman and Flash. Oh, uh, well, so, I, uh, uh, yeah. And I can also tell you one of the episodes, if not a couple of the episodes this week, uh, it has been confirmed, 100% confirmed that. And I guess I'll just reveal this now that we're talking about because we still have Arrow to talk about. But um, I am not only moderating the David Ramsey panel at Harrisburg Comic Con and I'm not only moderating the Matt Letcher and Michelle Harrison panel. I'm moderating every panel at Harrisburg Comic Con. I am their panel moderator for the entire weekend. Um, The Matt Letcher, Michelle Harrison and... um, David Ramsey are the only ones that pertain to this podcast and we'll have audio of those podcasts of those panels too. So at least two summer episodes will be the panels between David Ramsey and then Matt Letcher and Michelle Harrison. Um, And I'm looking forward to Ramsey because Ramsey is so much fun on stage. And uh, the last time I was on stage with Ramsey, there was a number of other arrow cast members, which was great, but Ramsey is such a personality and it's such a character on his own. That to get 45 minutes with him, just me and him, man, that's going to be so much fun. I'm actually the most excited for you to actually sit down and talk to Michelle Harrison. Uh, Obviously, if you don't know who she is, that's Barry's mother. Barry's mother. Uh, And uh, she has got such an amazing commanding performance every time she's on screen. Like, you just get fixated on her character. Um, And she's been such a major staple of this show. Uh, even with just so few performances. Oh, so, Runaway uh, Dinosaur will be coming up in that panel. And you got to I got to say it too because I'm a big fan of the show and I hope a lot of people out there are too. She had a little quick episode uh in uh, The Magicians recently too. So, I haven't watched it, but maybe I should if I'm going to be on stage with her. Uh yeah, it's uh early <laughs> Do some research. I think early season 2. Um but man, uh She's just a phenomenal actress, and I'm really excited the fact that you're getting a chance to talk to these folks. And congratulations on owning that panel, sir. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> or owning owning that convention. Owning that, that convention. So, uh, but yeah, I will have. Uh, I, I know for a fact I'll have at least audio. I'm hoping to have video as well of everything. I'm still working that out with the uh, the AV people that are working it. Um, but if if anybody any of our listeners are in the Harrisburg area and are willing to come out and uh, you know sit in the audience and check out the con and you know sit through it, I'd be happy to meet any of our listeners that are there and 
uh, yeah, I, I'd appreciate the support. So if not, we'll definitely have it for audio for the podcast mm-hmm. as well. So. Well, let's dive back to the Flash real quick. Yes. There's still a couple points that we still need to discuss. We got distracted. Um, yes, yes. But there's so much happening right now. It's, it's like <laughs> I said. Ah, man, I understand. Like I said, even when I was doing the news last week, I was like, man, I could keep going. I'm like, I should really probably stop, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I think one of the big things we really have to, to touch upon, like I said, you bring up the relationship angle between uh, Barry and Joe in this timeline. Um, there was something really special about the end of the episode, right when Barry's like, I'm going back. You know, future Barry does not have the information I need about who Savitar is. Um. And he's not going to be able to help me. He's a broken man. Uh, this is depressing. I don't want to be in this future anymore. I'm going back and finding another way to fix this problem. Um, and right before he speeds off, Cisco's like, you're really going to leave? And we find out that Cisco screws with his speed because uh, he wants past Barry to help get the band back together. Uh, which we do see happen. And we see them take down uh, Mirror Master and Top. And there was something really awesome. Even in that dark moment, seeing all these characters that are still left come back together. And it felt very reminiscent of a alternate version of season one flash. Um, it was really unique to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I got to say one of the best moments of that too, was uh, watching Tom Cavanaugh as HR run around the lab. And he was like, it's here and just throwing papers where everywhere he could just to find his drumsticks. <laughs> yes. Um, just, just was kind of wonderful. And so. speaking, and speaking of the drumsticks too, I loved the Indiana Jones moment in the beginning of the episode. When Cisco, HR, and Julian all lock themselves in the cell running from Killer Frost. And <laughs> Tom Cavanaugh reaches on HR reaches underneath to grab his drumstick that he dropped to make sure he has it with him inside. Yeah. Uh, that and then was them singing Swing Low, Sweet Cherry. <laughs> yes. And, and Cisco starts jumping in and singing with him. Oh, so it's, it's so funny, too, thinking about <laughs> HR and just remembering that when he first came in, I didn't like him. And But just like every other iteration of Tom Cavanaugh that we have gotten, just like every other iteration of Wells that we have gotten, all it took was a week or two, and I was sold on the character. Mm-hmm. And now, and I'm, like I said, I, I remember those episodes clear. I'm like, give them time. Yep, you do, I remember, too. You did do that. You were just like, well, just wait. You'll, you'll like it. And I do. And now I love HR. And I'm still waiting for the day that I get to meet Tom Cavanaugh. He is probably... He's, with the exception of Carlos Valdez, well, actually, him and Carlos Valdez are probably pretty neck and neck as my favorite characters from this show. Yeah. My favorite cast members on this show. Yeah. Um, and then you get to see some of the stuff that they do behind the scenes. like on Which set. is them goofing off all the time. It's the two of them goofing off, and they're completely hysterical. And actually, um, Tom Cavanaugh and, and Grant Gustin are actually working on a short right now. Um, and I forget what it's called, but they're, um, they're currently filming it. Tom Cavanaugh has been posting a lot of pictures on his Facebook page about it behind the scenes of it. And it's, it's funny because like Grant Gustin has like neck tattoos and, uh, they look very like, uh, like gangish. And basically it's a comedic short about two guys that are the most inept bank robbers ever. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing that when that's finished too, when that's wrapped. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, I'm, whatever they do, I, I'm pretty much on board. So Yeah, it, um, it doesn't really matter what – this show pretty much has carte blanche, carte blanche with me in that any news story that comes up, if they – whatever they say they're planning, I'm like, okay, that, 
Sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, I got, well, so is there any other last big points we need to discuss for this episode? Because, like, we didn't have any any big stingers except for uh, Savitar and Killer Frost at the end that we talked about at the very beginning, uh, where we see the suit open up and, uh, you know, that reaction for Killer Frost is kind of like, I'm in, you know, or, you know, we're good to go. Let's do this shit. But uh, I, I got to say, the only other big thing I can really think of is, uh, again, uh, it was watching Future Barry come back into the team. Uh, and seeing that new suit, because, uh, man, so excited to see that. Yeah, and hopefully we, we get that next season, too. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, did we ever talk about the voice of Savitar? I think we uh, have. We we have in the past. Obviously, that is, um, oh, my God. It's, I'm it's, to, it's Tobin Bell. Toby, Tobin Bell from uh, Saw. From, from the yeah. Saw movies. It's Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because so, I saw that in the credits for this week. He's uncredited. He's not credited in the in the, the actual credits of the show um but he's credited on imdb so and and you can definitely tell that's who it is when you hear the voice i just wasn't sure if we had ever talked about that before i yeah. know we talked about like tony todd as the voice of zoom and such but i wasn't i think we did but i just couldn't remember if we had talked about it yeah but no exceptional episode um and i i guess we should probably move over to arrow because uh Man, Flash, we could probably keep talking about Flash for quite some time, but man, great episode, though. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about Arrow, Season 5, Episode 19, titled Dangerous Liaisons. Oliver, Team Arrow, Argus, and the SCPD kick off a citywide manhunt for Adrian Chase. Helix tells Felicity that they have a way to find find Chase, but they will need something big and illegal from her in return. Um. So, again, it, this episode did focus on Adrian. Uh, but we didn't get any Adrian in this episode. Mm-hmm. So there was, n- there was no Adrian, there was no Prometheus until the end. Well, we got an 8-bit Prometheus. Yeah. As they, as they all cry over a horrible, horrible like on game, they're like, but Maximum Force. And I'm like, nobody should ever say, I loved Maximum Force. But it was it, never a good game. But <laughs> it was vintage. It was, yeah. It was, <laughs> it, it, was, it was so cherry still, and they destroyed it. And yeah. I'm like, that's a good thing. Yeah. Go back to an arcade. If you find Maximum Force, you're like, what is wrong with these people? Are they a little <laughs> mentally damaged? I, I mean, I know Curtis has been hitting the head quite a bit this season, so I can understand <laughs> his, his viewpoints on that. But the fact that even folks from Helix were like, I love that game. Yeah. Uh, like, aren't no you guys hackers? No one has hackers? ever said that. <laughs> no one has ever said that about Maximum Force. Said no Air- one ever. Ever. <laughs> if it was like Area 51, sure, I could buy that. Absolutely buy I that. I loved one. Area 51. Everybody loved Area 51. <laughs> uh, but again... No one ever said that about a maximum force. Yeah, and um, uh, I will say one of the things that I did enjoy about this episode, and it's only because I just never knew where they were going with it, and I, I never knew what they were doing with it, and it felt kind of forced. It seems like Helix is going away. Um, they're kind of wrapping up that storyline with Felicity being involved with Helix, and like we're seeing all these teen hackers and stuff like that. I never got that, and I'm kind of glad it's gone. No, yeah, I mean, it, it it worked. They didn't focus on it too much, so they handled it, I think, the best way humanly possible. Uh, they built a good plot device to have Felicity kind of go in a different direction, uh, and it worked. Um, I, it was fun to watch her fall down that hole again uh, and actually start being a, you know, she's a good character, but we really saw her step it up and be like, I'm going to do what I need to do. You guys do it all the time, but I can't just sit behind a computer sometimes. I need to find better ways to take the next step and watching her play with going too far has actually been really interesting this season. It's something I've really enjoyed. Yeah, I, I, I do that. I, I do enjoy that as well. I'm just, again, I just never knew where, where Helix was going and, and I'm, I'm just kind of glad that they wrapped it up. 
Yeah. Um, oh, my mind blanked. I don't know where I was going. <laughs> well, let's talk about the side story that happened in this episode that didn't involve, you know, uh, Ollie and uh, Felicity. Uh, and let's focus on uh, Renee and Quentin. Okay. Yes. Um, I actually, this was actually probably one of my favorite parts of this episode. Same here. Absolutely. Uh, I love the interaction between Blackthorn and, um, uh, oh my God, uh, Rick Gonzalez. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love the interaction between the two of them, and it was it was a very touching and heartwarming uh, moment when Blackthorn, when, you know, when, uh, when Quentin goes to bat for Renee and helps Renee see his daughter. Yeah. Uh, and even tying it into his own past, you know, where he said, like, if I had an opportunity to see my daughter, I, I would take it. So why are you not? And it's OK, because he's going to get to see his daughter next week. Yeah. Ooh, that's not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is actually one of the this was actually the part that um, I had my runner up line of the week uh, where, you know, Renee's uh, Renee's daughter asks him, who's that? And he's like, uh, that's Quentin. Uh, we call him Haas, and she turns to Quentin. This is after he's like, how many times have I told you not to call me Haas? And Renee's daughter turns around and says, thanks, Haas. Haas. Yeah. And just the look on Quentin's face is like, really? Uh, so, it's like, when she's gone, I'm going to hit you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I loved that moment. That that moment gave me a chuckle when Renee's daughter turns around and says, thanks, Haas. Yeah, that was actually a really sweet, touching moment. Biggest problem I still had with that plot point. They're dragging this up at the very tail end of the season. Like, this was something that was brought up episodes ago. And I mean, like, quite a while back, doing this in the tail, uh, tail end of the season when we still have so much to happen. Like, again, watch that sizzle reel for those final five episodes that included this one. We know Malcolm Merlin is coming back. We know Deathstroke is coming back. We know Nissa's coming back. The Al Ghul sisters are going to fight... Black Siren's coming back. There's the Prometheus fight that has to happen. We know in the flashbacks. We had no flashbacks this week. That's another big point to bring up. But we know that uh, Constantine Kovar comes back in the flashbacks, uh, apparently, where we'll see Dolph Lundgren come back after that that savage beating he got a couple episodes back. So there's so much to happen. And it now has to happen in four episodes, not the five that we anticipated, because this was kind of a throwaway. Um so the fact that we know that there's going to be more plot points coming up in the upcoming episodes with Wild Dog and uh, Detective Lance uh, with the process of Renee getting his daughter back is going to take away some really, I think, necessary screen time that they're going to need to handle a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Hey, um, this is kind of breaking news. Uh, I just saw on Facebook as I was scrolling down uh, via Tom Cavanaugh's Facebook page, uh, Grant Gustin is engaged. Oh, well, congratulations to Grant. Yeah, congratulations so. to Grant Gustin. Him and his girlfriend, L.A. Toma, uh, just got engaged today. Uh, well, there's another news story that broke right before we started as well, and this is actually a great place to put it. Normally, again, we'd save this for the news, but because we know that Malcolm Merlin is going to make an appearance in the end of this season because, uh, you know, we did hear a little bit from the producers, uh, like, you know, like Guggenheim coming in saying, hey, you know, he's been a major component of the this five-season arc. Um, that's wrapping up, and Malcolm needs to play a part in this. But right before we started recording, uh, it was announced that uh, John Berryman will not be in the next season. Uh, he will not be returning next season at all across any show. Oh, so that sucks. So uh, maybe uh, we might be seeing the end of Malcolm. I think by the end of this season. Oh, that's it. That sucks. 
So, uh, it, so who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, who knows how it'll how it'll run? And th- but... this this came out of John's mouth at a convention. So, oh. uh, that he is he is he will not be back uh, next season. So, oh, that's uh, nice. we did see him across all four four shows though this season. That's that's for sure. We well, saw him in uh, du- him... duet. Oh, we that's right. We duet, did so. well, but we didn't see him on Supergirl. That's true, but I mean, it was tied to it. So yeah, um, but yeah, like I said, it's uh, it was kind of surprising to see that them make that statement. So yeah, so um, yeah, but getting back to you know what you were saying about all the things that have to happen uh, that we still have yet to see that we know are going to happen. You mentioned Deathstroke, and I know I know a lot of people are getting excited for the fact that we're going to see Deathstroke again, and we're getting to see Manu Bennett play Deathstroke again, reprise that role. Uh, I'm not overly excited about it, not because I don't like Deathstroke, but I I I have a feeling, and I know you probably know this too. It's only going to be in a flashback. Um, it's not. It's not going to be in a flashback. No. <laughs> so we're uh, going to it, see him get off Lee, the prison in Lee and uh-huh. you. Uh huh. And it's Ollie that breaks him out. Okay, so now I'm excited. Uh, so yeah, if you watch that sizzle reel, so I, I would assume you didn't get a chance to watch I have that. Not watched very. It yet. It's up on our Facebook page, so if the folks out there that are listening have not seen that, go back, skim back to about a week ago. Um, it's a very short video, or just jump on YouTube to search, uh, you know, um, Arrow Season 5 Sizzle Reel. Uh, and then it's just for the final five episodes. The very end of it, you see Ollie come into that prison cell holding Deathstroke's mask, and then it screen goes to black. He's like, hey, kid, it's good to see you again. And then it just ends. And you, so you, we know... He's coming into the mix to help put a stop to Prometheus. So hmm. uh, and now I'm excited because I was always under the impression that it was just going to be the wrap ups, the, the the flashbacks coming back around full circle. And that's when we were going to see Deathstroke, which is still a possibility. We still could uh, that's, see him I think too. we're going to see him in both places yeah. I, because if, they did say we're, we're going to get to the the final episodes will really wrap up everything that has to do with Lian Yu. Yeah, but if we're going to see him in current day too, now I'm excited. I wouldn't be surprised to see the final battle take place on Lian Yu for this season. That's that's my guess, is it's all going to go down there. That would bring everything back full circle even more. And I, did, and I think that's a great move. And I and I did think, and I don't. I'm sorry if this is one of the news stories that you have too, but I did see somewhere that they they did say that uh, a lot of big changes are coming in next season, and it's pretty much because this whole five year story is finally wrapping up. They're, they said that Oliver and Arrow is pretty much like starting a new legacy next season. Right. Um, so things are are going to change next season. It'll be very interesting to see the direction that they're going to go now that this whole five year thing is wrapped up. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, so uh, any other not- big notable points that we have to discuss? Because we just really only talked about Quentin and uh, uh, Renee. Well, there so. is a, there there it's there seems to be a little bit of fracture fracture between um, uh, Lila and Diggle going on. Yeah, right I, I have a. I think the upcoming episode they they are going to go into their marital problems. I think there's a high chance we could see them split before the end of the season. Um, the moment that John pretty much looks at Lila and says, you're basically becoming Amanda Waller. Yeah. And her was like, things look a lot different from this side of the desk, and I wish you could understand that. And I think from knowing comics and knowing Amanda Waller's character, I can only imagine what Lila's going through. Um, so I think she's probably still making some of the best calls she can, but they're still questionable at best. Amanda Waller is a questionable character more like as far as her morals. She's doing the right thing, but maybe but not by doing it the right way. 
Yeah. And I think Lila is falling into that. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen between the two of them. You know what really sucks? I'm looking at the timing of the airing of the episodes. The finale of Arrow will not air until the following Wednesday after I speak to Ramsey. So I can't (laughs) even talk finale with him. Well, you can ask him if he can give you any little teases for the finale. So, yeah, damn it, Harrisburg <laughs> couldn't make it the week after. Uh, you know, what? one thing I got to say though, too, because I, I failed to bring this up when they were talking Flash. The night that Iris is killed, this is May twenty third, is the actual night of the finale for us, which is fantastic. Well, you know, they probably had that planned. They had that planned, but I love the fact that they're actually doing that. It makes it, I, so when they do that stuff like that, and Mike, man, on an alternate Earth right now. This is going down. Yeah. So there's that little part in your brain, that like geeky geeky core of your brain that's that's doing that, which yeah. is always just makes me smile. And so. it's it's one of those things that when you, you don't it's nothing that you think of automatically, but it's one of those things that once it sinks in, you're like, Hey, wait a minute. That's mm-hmm. kinda cool. So and um Oh, that was that's flash related, never mind. Um <laughs> I was gonna say I, I forgot that it in the flat in the 2024 it's called hr jitters mm-hmm. which was yeah yeah makes you smile yeah exactly um but okay so let's get into the core thing that happened this week then so felicity obviously goes off with helix to get this biometric scanner that they will be able to track adrian in the city um and in the order to do that she goes off with helix and has to infiltrate argus which is kind of insane um Helix shows their intelligence in this situation really quickly. They go into a black site, throwing everybody else off the trail. Uh, but we see a very fractured Team Arrow going into this fight. Uh, we're, we're only watching Mr. Terrific uh, Dinah because she's not even has a, doesn't even have a code name quite yet. Uh, and uh, Ollie um, trying to figure out what to do with Felicity. But uh, it was a pretty awesome action scene. I gotta say it was. The one show this show always succeeds incredibly well is the, those action sequences. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, th- those action sequences are, are probably some of the best that we've seen of any of the shows. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with, Bam- with uh, Bamford. And uh, I don't even though I don't know how much of it. I think he just he used to be the actual coordinator. But I think now he's actually like a director, uh, mm-hmm. like a, um, a, a stunt director. So because I, I think he crosses over into other shows now, too. Uh, and, and we know for a fact that he does direct the shows from time to time as well. So, but the action sequences are a lot of that has to do with James Bamford, and he's an incredible stunt coordinator. So, it, seeing a lot of that come out of those shows, Arrow definitely is as, as when it comes to those action sequences. I think Arrow pretty much is still the tops. Oh yeah, hands down. But uh, so, what was your take on uh, everything that went down then in this episode between Ollie and Felicity and the rest of the team? Because uh, it was really interesting to watch that split happen. Yeah, and it it seems like this team this season has been fractured more than it's been together. Um, which is not to say that's a bad thing. I mean, it's definitely building the the strength of the core of the team. But and we we've definitely seen them come together, like seeing Curtis and Renee and and Dinah working together. Those three have definitely come along, and 
work really well together. But a lot of the fracture that we see seems to come from Oliver and Felicity. Uh, Felicity's going off on her own thing, which kind of she fractures off from the team. Oliver wants to concentrate on other things rather than the main points. And, you know, he kind of fractures off a little bit. Uh, Diggle now is kind of fractured a little bit only because of what he's going through with. um, um, Oh, my God. With Lila. Um, So many characters to remember. It's it's, it's almost like Game of Thrones between these four shows. Um, So I. I'm not t- I don't want to say I'm tired of the fractures, but I would like to see this team actually stay cohesive for longer than two weeks. I think we're going to see that next season. I, really I, do. I do, too. And I think that's part of this whole new legacy that they're talking about building is I think we're going to start seeing a I, I mean, obviously, we, we heard a while back that the, it was going to be a lighter tone to the show and, and such. Um, and obviously that's very tough to do with a villain like Prometheus. And right. so I'm okay with the darkness that's in the show with the death and the destruction that we've been seeing from it because it works really well with Prometheus. Again, we've said this before Prometheus with the exception of possibly Deathstroke, Prometheus is by far the baddest ass villain this show has seen. Yeah. I mean, I, I much as I love Manu Bennett, um, and his performance as Deathstroke, which was exceptional, Watching the, the the friendship between them build and then the fracture happen over the two seasons was something really really amazing. But I gotta say, Adrian Chase, just you, Josh Segura, con- he nails it. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how this all plays I mean, he, out. I he's really, a, really am. He's a villain, and one of the things I love best about Prometheus is that, and Adrian Chase is that he is he is a villain that is out in the open. They know who he is, but they cannot do anything about it. That is the most helpless you can feel in a situation like this. That means technically right now he has them beat. He has Team Arrow beat. And the bad guy is winning right now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's still Talia out there. There's still Artemis out there. I mean, like... There's still Vigilante. We still don't know who's under that damn mask. Oh, my God, it's driving me nuts. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Because we were so dead set that Adrian Chase was Vigilante, and then when it was revealed that he was Prometheus, the first question out of our mind, out of our head, and I think we even said it, these exact words on the podcast, pardon my French, but okay, who the fuck is who the fuck is vigilante now? <laughs> like, I, like, and, and we haven't seen vigilante since. And you know he's going to be back before the end. Oh, of the absolutely, season. absolutely know it. Absolutely, he'll be back, and we're we'll get a reveal, hopefully, as to who it is. Yeah, um, yeah. Unless it carries over into next season, and they keep you guessing. Yeah, like I said, I'm really excited to see where everything's going to go. Um, like I said, this show is constantly fun, even if this episode just didn't feel like it fit where it needed to be. Um, it still just makes you think about all the things that are yet to happen. Um, I mean, like I said, when you, we tried to break down this episode, like I said, there really wasn't a ton to break down. They got the biometric scanner. The end of the episode, they're like, where is he? And they're like, crap, he's here. And then we have the little explosion. And you're like, this is what I wanted to the episode to start with. Yeah. Um, but it's because I'm so excited to see that character. Um, he, I, I, I'm really looking forward to where this is going to go. Here's a thought. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Vigilante, what if they never reveal who it is? That what would if, piss me off. What if, <laughs> but what if for the first time in probably any show, it's never revealed? Because it, it goes along with... Like, he's there to help. 
He's there to assist. He does his own thing. So sometimes he's against the team. Sometimes he's with the team. But the team never knows who he is. That would be kind of cool. I will say that. It would still drive me up the wall. It would drive a lot of people up the wall, including myself. Like We would be like, who the hell is this guy? But you never find out who it is. Yeah. Uh, it, it remains a constant, a a constant mystery. Yeah, but you know what? Hey, like I said, they're doing an exceptional job. Um, it's just the fact that like we did score this a little bit lower, but it's still high hero. Uh, so the folks that are kind of bummed that we gave it a lower score again, it's only because this is getting to the bitter end. There's w- so much to happen. Just like Supergirl, love the show. Out of all these shows right now, I think this could be my favorite of the season. Uh, it's a really hard call because everything has been so good. I, I couldn't tell you where they all fit um, right now. I know, unfortunately, I would probably put Supergirl out of the core shows probably on the bottom, but that is in second place because currently Legends, Arrow, and Flash are all tied for first. So, yeah, I, I just don't know what to say. Yeah, I mean, overall, like, and you said it, overall, this season of Arrow has been phenomenal. There's, there's no doubting that. And I think a lot of it has been since the reveal of Prometheus. Uh, Adrian Chase's Prometheus, but there was definitely some great moments before that. So I don't want to say it's because just because of that that this season is great. This season, hands down, has been better than the past two. I got to ask you an important question because this is one I'm still trying to figure out myself. Forty-two. Th- <laughs> well, uh, there you go. We can just move on. <laughs> um, so, do you think we're going to see Rory Reagan, aka Ragman, come back into the mix before the end of the season? Um. As much as I would like to see it, I don't think we are. Yeah, um, I think that might be way, uh, saved till next season where I, we'll see him just pop back in. Yeah, I, I don't think there's really a place for him in this season, uh, in, the, in the remainder of this season so far. Uh, it would be great to see him show up, but I, I don't think he fits at this point. I'd like to see him rejoin the team next season when this new legacy is built. Uh, the, the last question before we move on to the news and recommendations. Next episode, it looks like Ollie and Felicity are locked in the Arrow Cave together. Yes. And uh, it looks like we might see them rekindle their relationship. Oh, God. So that's the answer, and I didn't even have to ask the question. Um, that's exactly kind of where I'm feeling. But I will say the version of Felicity we're getting now I'd be a little bit more okay with it, but I do think personally, and this is my guess, is next season, by the end of next season, Black Siren and Ollie will be together. Now, yeah, Black Siren and Ollie can be together. I also see a possibility of things not working out. If things not working out with Diggle and Lila, uh, I could see a possibility of Diggle and Dinah. That could happen, too, in my mind. Together as well. Um, So it's definitely going to be interesting because we're going to see, you know, Diggle and Lila uh, work on their marital issues next week. We're going to see Oliver and Felicity. Um, yeah, I, my reaction still stands as, oh, God, because I don't get me wrong. There are so many communities out there online on Facebook and, you know, out there that are fans of the show that have been pining for Oliver and Felicity to be together. Um, I, I don't need it. I, I don't care. We've seen it already. Like I don't want I don't want Oliver and Felicity to be the Ross and Rachel of Arrow. Yeah. Like the yeah. will they, won't they? I, I don't care. That's not what this show is about. And And every time they focus on it, it, it takes the show a little bit off the rails. It does. And Amel has even said 
you know, to these people. He has said on panels, I've been at panels, he has said this. He has said to these people, like, look, I understand this is what you people want. You don't always get what you want. And the people that, you know, like this, this show is not called Oliver and Felicity. It's called Arrow. Arrow and Oliver, Green Arrow, and the team are the focus of the plot point of this show. Not the relationship between Oliver and Felicity. So I'm sorry if any of our listeners are those people that want Oliver and Felicity to constantly be back together. Uh, that's not what this show is about. So Yeah, I, and, and like we're not trying to, you know, like play down any anybody's fan love for any characters or hopes for them. It's just the show has done it, and I don't think it improved because of it. I mean, again, purely our opinion on this, but... Um, you know, you're, everybody is definitely welcome to their own on this. I, I just don't think it brings any good positivity to the show. Uh, it brings a little bit of light to the, to the dynamic, but unfortunately it changes the dynamic of the show a little bit too much. So Yeah. I mean, w- this show right now at the point that it's in, getting into these final episodes, it, ha- it has to concentrate more on the plot at hand, which is Adrian Chase and the team being stronger. It doesn't need any side stories of relationships right now. I don't want to see Oliver and Felicity rekindling their friend, their their love for each other at the end of this season because it's going to take away from the main plot. Uh, yeah. And then when it, it gets into the next season and this new legacy starts being built, that's what the fo- that's what the the focal point of the show should be is this new legacy shouldn't be relationships. I, I mean, I I'm okay with Oliver and you know Black Canary getting together, uh, you know this Earth Two version of Laurel. Uh, but I don't need to see it in the beginning of the season. Wait until the second half of the season before you start focusing on that. Like, build it. Yeah. Like, give, give a good reason for it. And if they do give us a good reason for Felicity and Ollie to get back together and I, it works, sure, that's fine. Right now is not the time to attempt no. this. That's the only reason, like I even said, too, which is I loved the Quentin and Renee story about Renee getting his daughter back. The fact that we know this is going to be somewhat of a focal point for Wild Dog in the last remaining episodes is one of the reasons I also had to ping this for a little bit of a lower score. I'm really happy that they're going to do this and focus on that and build his character up more and more. I love his character. He's one of my favorites of the show. Um, Too much needs to happen right now, and I really don't think this is the time or place for it uh, in this season. Uh, This was something they really should have focused on early on because we still have flashbacks to deal with that close out the Leanne Yu story which really limits the amount of time they can achieve what they still need to achieve and showed us in, in those four uh, four episodes. Yeah. I think they can do it, but I really hope they're careful. I really do because this is one of my favorite seasons of a show, hands down. Uh, they've done such an exceptional job, and I think they need to make sure that they just knock this out of the park. Yeah. I mean, this is a point, and this doesn't just go for Arrow. This goes for all of the shows across the board. You are this close to the end, there's no more side stories. There's no more side stories. There's no more villain of the week. You need to be focusing on your main plot and wrapping this season up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and like I said, you, you mentioned like it's not about relationships. I mean, like I said, it, it, the show is totally about relationships, but starting a new one now and, yeah. is not the time. <laughs> and, and that's more what I meant. Like if there's oh, yeah, any absolutely. already relationships that have been established, yes, absolutely incorporate them into it because they're important. The interactions between these people are important. Now is not the time to start a new relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Just in case, it was just in case anybody read that context of that wrong. Yeah. Just clarifying so we don't get any hate on that yeah, one. Exactly. And again, as Robin mentioned too, these are strictly our opinions. 
uh, you know, we don't mean to offend anybody if our opinion is different than yours. Obviously, this is just how we think and we feel about these shows at the current moment. Absolutely. Like I said, we love these shows. We love talking to you guys about them. And again, you guys apparently enjoy listening to it. So we, we hope you enjoy our opinions, but you don't have to agree with our opinions. Yes. And exactly. if you don't, dude, jump on the jump on Facebook. Let us know your thoughts. I love having conversations with folks about this stuff. Yeah, I'm the same way. I would absolutely. And if you don't want to do it in person, dude, you just always can message us too. Me and Ben will happily discuss any of this stuff with you guys. Yeah. Absolutely. We love talking so. about this stuff. It's the reason why we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. So. So shall we do the news? Yeah, let's jump into the news because I know there's right. a lot that we – there's even more we have to discuss in this. And, I, again, I don't know what any of these news stories is. I'm hearing them for the first time. Perfect. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's do the uh, simple stuff out and get that knocked out of, the, out of the way first before we dive into the big stuff at the end. So uh, Injustice 2, we'll, we'll kick off with that this time. Um, God, so I can't wait. Get- I know it's less than a month away, guys. It's like it's um, like two weeks away, isn't it? Like two or three uh, weeks. Three, I think it's uh, comes out May twenty first. I think is my was what I I'm remembering. Gotcha. Um, something like that. It's 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 late May, late May. Um, so we did get the it looks like the final two real big videos we needed to see play out as far as how people uh, play their play styles. Um, we did get to see Dark Side. Uh, which I love his actual walking stance in this. He's got his hands behind his back, like this massive commanding presence. A lot of his combat style is focused on shooting Omega Beams, which zip all around the screen, which looks super awesome. Uh, so it was cool to finally see that. Uh, for those of you that ha- don't already have a pre-order in for it, uh, Darkseid is a pre-order exclusive for the time being. Obviously, if you don't pre-order it, I'm sure he'll be available if you buy the season pass later, or you'll be able to probably buy him out of cart as well. So, Can I say too um, before you move on? Um, sure. I I I have to admit, uh, I've played the original Injustice, but up until recently, I had never played it all the way through. Um, I just did last weekend. I spent a couple uh, hours and I literally played it from beginning to end, all the way through the main story. And the story is fantastic. The story is is absolutely fantastic, and with all the additional characters that are coming into Injustice 2, I will not be waiting this long to play through the story. I will probably get through it probably in the first week or two that I own the game. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny, too, because when people are like, man, the story is amazing to a fighting game, you're like, wait, that fighting games don't have story. <laughs> or they attempt to, but it's always this kind of like, here's a little reel that you're going to read or something's going to play out. But and they I- do an exceptional job of actually telling a really cohesive story. Yeah, and I think there's actual videos on YouTube of the entire like story um, that you can actually sit and watch it. You don't even have to play the game. And it, it, it watches like a movie. It watches like a DC animated movie, which is fantastic. Yeah, it really does. Uh, so the other story that we had to talk is... Uh, a couple weeks back, I posted up on Facebook, uh, obviously Facebook.com slash DC Primetime, uh, where you could actually see the full list and full roster of characters, including the people that weren't revealed yet. Uh, the final one has been revealed just the other day. Uh, and actually, originally it was done on DC All Access, and it was done in a really cool way. We got to see uh, uh, Curtis, <laughs> so Mr. Terrific, fighting Clive Bavineau from iZombie on the couch. Uh, where uh, we saw the Joker for the first time being played. So, um, very different look for the Joker. Kind of got this emo hair hairstyle going on, kind of taking a little bit from Suicide Squad, not quite, uh, but very much its own interpretation. We've definitely seen costumes that are showing classic Joker costumes too, but uh, his main outfit looks like a long purple leather jacket, 
Uh, looks like haha is printed across his stomach in blood. Uh, but very interesting look. Uh, very similar play style to the original. Uh, but he looks like he's going to be very interesting uh, to check out. So, uh, but yeah, that is uh, that is injustice in the video game discussion. I, Let's jump well, over. Well, I, I have oh, I have to say real quick too. Um, one of the things I was also very excited about this uh, with injustice too is one of the things I loved about the first one was the voice cast of it. Uh, you know, you had Alan Tudyk as Green Arrow. Plus, there were uh, there was actually, if, depending on which version that you played, Stephen Amell did voices for Arrow as well. Uh, and I'm looking through at some of the voice cast for this one, and we're getting Kevin Conroy returning as Batman again, which is amazing. Uh, Tara Strong as Harley Quinn. Alan Tudyk is coming back as Green Arrow. Robert Unglin as Scarecrow. Carrie Payton as Cyborg, which Carrie Payton is from Walking Dead, for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, and it looks like... Uh, let's see who else. If there's, well, any. I believe the the Superman voice is the Superman from the animated series. Um, the Brainiac that is in this game is, I believe, also the Brainiac from the animated. Jeff series Combs, too. yeah, so, yeah. So um, they they did a great job pulling for amazing voice talent for this game, just like they did in the first one. A lot of them are returning from the original game, but uh, some definitely new voices in here. And it looks like the big focal point of the story is going to be Supergirl, which I think is really awesome. Yeah. So, um, Breaking a little, I mean, obviously Batman will be a, be a big proponent, but it looks like Supergirl is going to be one of the primary focuses. So. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, speaking <laughs> of Supergirl, let's jump over into the TV realm. Uh, if you want to check them out, there is some shots out there now of Mark Gibbon as General Zod, and a quick shot or two of Tyler Hodgson in their, his return as Superman. Those are up on our Facebook page. Obviously, for those of you that do not remember, Mark Gibbon was indeed in Smallville and uh, actually made a quick appearance in The Man of Steel. So. Uh, kind of cool that he is now coming into uh, his third performance into the DC Universe. Uh, jumping now over into The Flash. This is a very interesting story. Uh, so I am going to just read the synopsis. This is probably the penultimate episode of this season. So yes, this is the episode airing May 16th. With only 24 hours left until Savitar murders Iris, Barry struggles to save the woman he loves and makes the choice to use any means necessary to do so. Realizing he has one option left to save her, the Flash turns to none other than Captain Cold for help. I saw this! I'm so excited! Uh, the question is how? <laughs> well, let's... That is, that is a big question. Yeah, um, because the last we saw Captain Cold was when Mick dropped him off at the point before the, he was picked up for the Legends. So, mm-hmm. um... I the only thing I can think of <laughs> that's what my brain's doing is, too. It's stalling out and like how I'm, I'm wondering if this is not in fact Captain Cold. Perhaps this is Citizen Cold. It, nobody knows at this point, but I, I'm it, which it, for those we, of you that don't know, Citizen Cold is actually the Earth Two her, hero version of Leonard Snart. Um, or he's, well, a, he's, also, a, he's an alternate Earth version. Uh, but well, it's actually it was it was the Flashpoint version. It was Citizen Cold, but so. I, but he could also be Citizen Cold on another Earth too. That's very true. Uh, so maybe uh, we haven't seen the last ramification from Flashpoint. That's a big question. Or what the Legends did at the end of their season could have impacted what's happening now. So there is a big question into how all of this fits into the mix because we now know Captain Cold is still on the board. Which is amazing. That's a good thing to know that Wentworth Miller is still in, which, involved in the Arrowverse. Which, which uh, could mean huge things for Rogues next season. 
well, if they're doing Rogues next season, he needs to be a part of it. God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you right now, too, I've been going back and um, I'm currently rewatching. I just started the fourth season last night of Prison Break. It's it's such... I, I loved Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell working together as brothers on that show and then seeing them on Legends together again was great. And it's so cool going back and rewatching Prison Break and seeing the two of them because it's it's two totally different characters but it just it confirms how much I just love Wentworth Miller. <laughs> well, like I said, the other story now like I said jumping over to Arrow is something we already talked about, so I'll just uh, reiterate here again and I can actually read uh the little clip here from uh, Wendy Merkel uh when she talked to uh, cbr.com which is comic book resources. And this is about John Barrowman not returning uh, to Arrow next season. It says, it's going to be a huge factor leading up to the finale. Executive producer Wendy Merkel told CBR last week, the season is all about legacy. And when Malcolm comes into the story, it's really rooted as uh, much by necessity from Oliver's point of view as it was about what Malcolm means to him and what Malcolm means to Thea. It is a great story because it's going to have a lot of action, but it's also going to have this kind of emotional undercurrent that is really going to lead to a really big, huge, serious moment for him think it's a great story to tell and it's really great for john to play so um so that's very telling <laughs> i think what our original thought is is uh we may be actually really seeing the end of john Berman's uh tenure on uh, the show but he had yeah. five amazing years on that cast so i'm really happy to see if he's going out it sounds like he's gonna go out with a bang yeah uh Jumping over to the movie universe, uh, we're going to start off things pretty light, but uh, something that happened just a couple days ago is uh, there was a National Superhero Day, and uh, Henry Cavill did one of the classiest things I've seen, uh, which was the super awesome. It was just a shot of him wearing a uh, his Superman's uh, suit. Uh, well, just so you could see the shirt with a hoodie over top of it. He's got a beard going. Looks like he's listening to music. Took a selfie and just went online. Said, Flyer Colors Day, brothers and sisters, it's National Superhero Day. I personally just want to thank all of you guys and gals for keeping us so entertained and setting such a fantastic example for superhero fans, young and old, around the world. And this went out to Chris Pratt, Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds, Chris Hemsworth, Ben Affleck, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, and just the list of everybody you can think of that has ever played a major character, whether it's Marvel or DC. Really kind of just an awesome moment, and it's kind of like makes you hope that this this version of Henry Cavill is uh, the version we're going to start seeing come uh, Justice League. God, and I, I have so. a feeling I have a feeling it really is going to be. Did you see there's the... been a lot of ru- rumors that we are going to see a very classic Superman by the time we see him in Justice League? Did you see the picture of him wearing the old Christopher Reeve Superman? I did, and it looks it, that made me be like, I really like him as Superman. I just hope they can get his ca- his character right, and, and that's my biggest issue. I do enjoy him. I think he does physically fit the role. I just, I the personality and the character has to change, and, yeah, and then and, I'd and be back on board. And I think what it is is, and I think they're they're maybe doing it, and I think it's just the way that we just didn't want it to happen. But I think this is going to be the third part of his hero's journey, where uh, the death is going to change him. I think very dramatically. And I think we're going to see this really hopeful person. Like the, the Boy um, Scout League. Superman rather than I think, the emo, mopey Superman. I really think it's coming from a couple things Jeff John said recently, too, that uh, we're, that's the version we're going to see of him. Um, and uh, apparently Zack Snyder talked a little bit about it and said Superman was green. Like, he didn't do this. He made a ton of mistakes and went after and focused on rage in the second part when we saw him. And uh, this is going to be him changing completely. So 
I think it'd be interesting if that's the case because then I'd really love to sit, go back and watch Man of Steel up and through Justice League to see watch his character actually transform a bit. Yeah. So, um, okay, jumping over into Wonder Woman, uh, there was a quick little thing that jumped out online a couple days ago. Uh, there is a little tease where you can see uh, Ares for the very first time. Really, really quick shot. So it's one of those blink and you miss it moments, but it looks like Diana is blocking a sword swing from him. Uh, it looks like we're kind of over his shoulder, but it definitely looks like that traditional armor, blue armor that we've seen uh, in his character for quite some time in the comics. In addition to that, with Wonder Woman, tickets, folks, are now on sale uh, just as of uh, two days ago. Uh, they uh, went on sale on the 28th, so if you have theaters around you that are reserved seating, act quickly. We are less than a month, well, actually, no, we're just a little over a month away. I think it's uh, May, or no, June 5th is when that, that movie hits. So act quickly, folks, uh, because I have a feeling this could be something really awesome. So I'm 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 hoping for a screening, an advanced screening of it. Um, if that's the case, um, I will happily be your date. Okay. <laughs> all right, because <laughs> I, I know it, it depends. Because I'm actually going to an advanced screening. Um, by the time you guys are listening to it, I it might have already passed. But tomorrow night, uh, this coming Monday, I'm going to an advanced screening of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. And it was actually no guests allowed. It was only just me that was good. And I, I was kind of actually kind of revealed, uh, relieved about that because I had easily five or six different people like, oh, can I go with you if you get a screening? I'm like, oh, I don't know who to pick. And then when they said no guests, I'm like, thank you. I don't have to pick anybody now at this point. Um, well, I will say I will be disappointed if they have guests and you don't just you, you well, put it up you, on Facebook and I'm like, what are you doing? You would sir? be the first person I would take only because we do this podcast. So it, uh, absolutely. You would be absolutely. the top of the list anyway. Actually, I don't think I've ever gone to a screening with you, sir. Uh, no, a couple of other other friends have, but I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, think you have yeah. either. Yeah. So, uh, well, now we got to get to a story that makes me incredibly, incredibly excited. Uh, and if this is the case, I think I might lose my mind. So. <laughs> The Flash has potentially a new director, uh, and oh. it's somebody that sounds like it's becoming closer and closer to being locked. Robert Zemeckis, Robert the man Z- that made I heard about this. Back to the Future, is currently the leading contender to take over The Flash after Rick Famuyiwa left, uh, which was the second director. But it sounds like Warner Brothers and Robert have been talking very heavily, and this is something he said he would probably really love to do. Uh, it's just trying to hash out the details, but man, how awesome would it be to see a Robert Zemeckis-directed Flash? To anybody who does not know me that well, I've made mention of it on this podcast before. There's Lord of the Rings. There's Star Wars. Back to the Future is my holy trilogy. It is the trilogy that I can stump people on trivia and nobody has ever stumped me. Like, that's how well I know these movies. I have met Christopher Lloyd. I have met Michael J. Fox. I have met Leah Thompson. I've met Tom Wilson, who plays Biff. I've met um, uh, Bob Gale, who wrote and created Back to the Future. I am a Back to the Future fanatic. If this happens and Robert Zemeckis becomes the director of The Flash... It will probably be my favorite of the DC Flash of the DC movies. And that's even yeah. before even having seen it. Because I know what he can do. He is that would be putting that character in incredibly capable hands. Um and I think it would be 
truly something kind of amazing. Uh, because the man just, I think, could would be able to handle the heart that that character needs to have. Um, so I'd really love to see it. I think that would be really amazing. Uh, jumping over again, one last thing on the movie universe that we need to discuss. And this is actually something that will actually make Ben probably smile quite a bit. <laughs> so there is a specific person out there that apparently has been wanting more than anything else to play a character that I love very near and dear. And it's already currently being written by somebody that me and Ben love very near and dear, being Zach Stentz, the man that wrote The Runaway Dinosaur in some of the best episodes of The Flash. Uh, that is The Miz from WWE has been gunning after the role of Booster Gold. What? Uh, mm-hmm. This I he have not if, heard. This was just just uh, came up, I think, uh, less than uh, 24 hours ago when um, uh, this hit. Uh, he just did uh, The Marine 5, which is one of uh, which is a direct-to-DVD WWE Studios film. Yeah. But uh, during an interview, he was uh, somebody was saying, you know, if there's any superhero you could ever play, he's like, well, he's like, my very first thing I wanted to play was Deadpool, but he's like, I could never top what Ryan Reynolds does. But he's like, but it's okay. There's a character I want to play more than anybody else, and I think I am an amazing fit based off of the way I've even played my character on WWE is, uh, you know, Michael Carter. He said that's the one character he's always wanted to play, really loves, and he said uh, his actual real life mimics what that character went through of, you know, being this nothing to building up himself behind the scenes and then becoming this character that's really boisterous and over the top. But uh, deep down inside, he all he wants for his character, even in WWE, is to become a face and no longer a heel. So he said he's kind of been playing that role since he's been The Miz. And so he said he really that's the one thing he really wants to do more than anything else. And uh, just even looking at pictures and watching a couple promo videos that he's done, man, I think he'd be an amazing dude. Player. He would nail it. Uh, no joke. I'm a huge WWE fan. I've been watching WWE since I was like six years old. And The Miz was one of those guys that Mike Mizanin, who was one of those guys that when he was he started on the real world on MTV and he was on like the first season of the real world. And he was always going around with this boisterous personality saying one day he was going to be a wrestler in the WWF. And and, you know, and I remember watching the real world thinking like, you're crazy. Like you are never going to make it. You're too obnoxious. You're too arrogant. You're, you're never going to do it. And he's been in the WWE now. He actually did it. He pursued his dream as best as he could. He fought to get into the WWE. Yeah, and he went through Tough Enough, I think. He did. Is, uh, from and the story I was reading he, about him. He did, and he won Tough Enough to get into WWE, or at least was a runner-up, one, uh, one of the two. Um, but since he has been in the WWE, he's still arrogant. He's still cocky, but now it's a character. Um, I've read and seen many interviews with him, and he it's it's he's completely opposite in his real life. He's actually a very nice guy, and he's great to the fans, and he's genuine to the fans, and it's all totally a character that he plays. But the way he plays that character comes off so well on screen and in the ring, and it's thinking about it and comparing it to Booster Gold. He's a perfect fit. He yeah, really so I- is. I really hope when they get to casting, they maybe look at that because I really hope some fans get behind him. I know CBR wrote an amazing article, which I will post up on Facebook for everybody to read. If you get a second, read it because like when you read his story, if you're familiar with Booster Gold, when you walk away from that, you're like, man, this guy would be really perfect because I'm not really familiar with him. But after reading that, I did watch a couple videos just to see. And man, I, I'm, I'm completely on board. 
Absolutely. Yeah. He, that's, so I really that's hope a really, that's the case. That's a really good fit. And I, I could, I actually hope that's something that does come to fruition now. All right. So now let's get into the thick of things, guys. That we wasn't the got, thick of things? No, not yet. <laughs> we, we have to get into some big stuff here. So as we mentioned earlier, there is uh, something one of our listeners, uh, our listener Will, sent over to us uh, this week, which was NBC pulling Powerless from their schedule. There was three episodes remaining to go. I believe there's potential that there is a fourth we missed because we actually never got the Emily versus Van episode, as I mentioned in the news last week, but there were three more episodes to follow. So uh, I think the season was, what, 11 episodes, 12 episodes, something like that? Uh, you could um, be right. So, but everything for the show has been absolutely pulled for NBC. Uh, no official annou- announcement of the cancellation, but that usually states right off the best, uh, you know, that this show is done. Like, this show is, there is no hope for it to come back. If they're going to pull it a couple episodes away, that means it is just not performing. It's not getting the response they wanted or needed. And uh, we are going to be saying goodbye to the team from Wayne Securities, guys. So, um, I can read you guys a little bit about what the final episode was going to be. Um, I will say uh, Patrick uh, Schumacher, who is, uh, I believe, uh, the showrunner for this, said, uh, Not officially canceled, but yet thanks so much for the kind words to folks because uh, he knows it's the end. (laughs) There's no way around that. And he said, I wish you guys could have seen the finale. Lex, uh, he, he said, you know, LexCorp and President Luther tried to destroy the Earth and our guys stopped them. We really went for it in the finale and we spent over five episodes worth of effects budget just for that episode. They need to put it online. So uh, I think we will see it because it is done and complete. Yeah. Uh, and then they did say uh, Halpern, who is another one of the people that worked uh, on the show, said uh, that there's been no official announcement from NBC about the remaining episodes, and we hope they are, or at least are released somewhere, such as Hulu. I honestly really don't know at this point, um, which is really telling everybody, guys, that, uh, sorry, uh, Powerless is done. So, uh, I apologize if there's a little bit of background noise. My cat is currently behind me in, in a very loud windowsill with uh, metal shades, so... <laughs> uh, if you give me just a second, I will see if I can rectify the problem. <laughs> Okay, sorry about that. Um, Okay, so, but with the end of Powerless, we say, as I put it in our Facebook thread, hello, Megan, because Young Justice, guys, we've got some news, and not just Young Justice, but a little bit more. So, as we talked, I think this was about maybe two months back, there was a discussion online that Warner Brothers was considering a DC digital service, and we were interested, but kind of bummed out about this at the same time. Like, what are they going to really do? And I've been thinking about this for a while, and I'm like, maybe this is going to go away. Apparently not, guys. So Young Justice Revival will not be on Netflix. It is going to be one of the things that launches the DC digital service in 2018. But the thing is, it's not just Young Justice that are kicking off this. A live-action Teen Titans TV show will indeed be launching alongside it. The interesting thing about this is there was a Titan show quite a while back that was being worked with TNT, which we actually even mentioned on this show, which they decided we're not going to move forward with it. Shortly after that decision, Jeff Johns said, guys, I want to let you know, while it didn't work out with TNT, things are still on the board. Well, we now know how and where. 
the interesting thing is uh, Jeff Johns is also writing the show, which is even better because he's the man that revived the Titans brand for DC several years back before things like Infinite Crisis and, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to remember. It was, yeah, Infinite Crisis and Identity Crisis right before it is when we got to see these characters really come to fruition. It's one of the things that really gave a big name to Jeff Johns, too, and a lot of eyes went to him. And one of the reasons why he kind of took over uh, the DC Universe for the most part until we got names like Scott Snyder. So the interesting thing is we know this is coming, and it's coming in less than a year. So we now have, yet again, another live-action DC property that is indeed coming out. Um, I know there's been, in the past, uh, some shots with Stephen Amell uh, with another actor from the CW. I don't remember his name offhand. He played Jeremy on The Vampire Diaries, and that guy was just wanting more than anything else to play Dick Grayson. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them go back to him because he would have been an amazing and perfect fit, and he's a great age for the role. Uh, The guy's still in his mid-20s. I think it's a high chance. And we did get a little bit of a a reveal on some of the characters we will be seeing in that live-action Titan show. That being officially announced at this point from Jeff Johns was Beast Boy, Starfire, Raven, and Robin, but we're not sure if it's going to be Robin or Nightwing. So it's a wait and see. And I would assume we're going to see that cast filled out a little bit more. Well, I mean, it, here's the question, though. If they do Nightwing, is that going to cause an issue with the Nightwing movie that they're planning? That was one of the questions I had in my mind, too. I'm not sure. But we are now seeing multiple versions of The Flash out there. Uh, you know, obviously Superman now has his appearances on Supergirl and his live action uh, you know, role, role in the films. Um so it's a big wait and see. I'm wondering uh, if how this is going to work. Some people are actually wondering if uh, if this is going to be a bridge between the TV universe and the movie universe, where this is going to be another alternate Earth that's going to help tie things together a little bit. So, uh, so these a lot of, so these Teen Titans could actually be more related to the DCEU rather than the Arrowverse. It's very possible. Nobody's really quite sure where this is going to fit in, but we just know that um, one of the people responsible for this show. And I'll actually pull this back up because I was dumb and closed it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we do know for Titans, uh, I'll I'll read the little blurb here. Titans will be executive produced by Jeff Johns, uh, Greg Berlanti, and Sarah Schneider. And those are people responsible for Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, and Supergirl. Uh, So we know it is coming from the Berlanti universe. So I have a feeling this could actually be more of a tie to the TV series. That's, oh, that's, that's what I would think, too. Um, mm-hmm. Here's my hope for this, though. I'm very excited for this, especially after some of the, the latest DC animated that we've seen with the Titans. Uh, I'm very excited about this. Um, and forgive my male chauvinistic side, but uh, seeing a live-action Starfire is going to be amazing. Um, but <clears throat> my hope for this is that this is something that they do. They, they kind of... Uh, follow the same similar principles that Netflix does, and they make this as a show that's bingeable, um, yeah. rather than release episode to episode. One because I, if it's going to be that good, I'd rather be able to knock it out in a time frame. And two, it's going to be hell on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping this this comes out in an off season and it comes out in the, in the Netflix model. Yeah. I think that would be the wisest thing. Uh, one of the big questions though, now we have this DC digital service is coming, um, and we talked in the past saying, man. How would that work? What are they going to do? I think it would. I, I was like, I think it would have to be a pay service. Um, it is going to be a paid service. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest thing that they need to make sure that they do, and I even stated this on Facebook, you have to get your head out of your ass like CW 
and make sure this is on every possible place that you can get an app or stream services at all. Not and to mirror uh, one of our friends as well and fellow podcaster, uh, you know, Paul Williams, who does the bats and bows. Um, this can't just be a U.S. thing. This needs to be worldwide. Yeah. Make sure you're getting Canada, the U.K. You have to make this hit and hit all at the same time. Do not screw this up. Um, but as far as content, I thought more and more and more in my mind, are they going to have enough? And I'm like, holy crap, yeah, they really will. I didn't even think about some of the things they could pull because you have to remember, CW Seed more than likely will move all of its animated properties over to the DC streaming service. So the animated Constantine, uh, Freedom Fighters, The Ray, the couple seasons, that the, the two seasons of Vixen will easily probably all get pulled from CWC Bir- head Birds over of to Prey, there. Smallville, the, the actual live action Constantine, which this yeah, is a the place. Lois and, the Lois and Clark adventures. Yeah, I mean. The old, like. The original you know, Flash. Um, the, the Fletcher <laughs> Superman animated series. You have the entire Bruce Timverse. Uh, you know, Teen Titans, Teen Titans Go. All the shorts that they have done. All the animated films they've done. The old live action things going all the way back from Christopher Reeve's Superman to current. They could even tap into things like the old Shazam stuff that they own still from the 70s. Super Friends. They have so much to pull from in addition to the new movies that are coming out, the TV shows that are airing uh, currently. There is so much content and if you could pay a nominal fee like a Netflix cost or a Hulu cost of like 7 or 8 bucks a month to have access to all of this content Dude, I I, I relate this to WWE because WWE has WWE Network and they were planning the network for a while and it got delayed. It got delayed about a year. And the main reason why they got delayed was because of the fact was two main reasons. One was content. WWE has a ton of content, but they were promising a lot of original content as well. And they didn't have it done in time. So the network got delayed. Plus, they also wanted to make sure, and this is something that you had brought up, was that they were available in Canada and the UK at the time of launch. So if if they could not do these things, the network was delayed until it was up. Now that the network is up, there is so much content on the WWE. And it's a nominal cost. It's $9.99. And it's completely worth it for any WWE fan. And I think this goes along the same route, that if at the time of launch they have a ton of content, they, they're available in other countries, I, dude, I would absolutely pay like nine ninety nine for something like this. Not to mention, too, this now opens up the doors for so much more live-action exclusive content. And those folks out there that have been wanting Constantine to come back, this is a great place That was the first thing I was thinking, too. Like, this is a chance for a revival of Constantine. Uh, I go, in addition to this, uh, they did put the name to the end of Young Justice. Uh, or not the end, but the new, the revival. Uh, season 2 was titled Invasion. This made me smile when I saw it. Young Justice Outsiders. Because we know that some of the original Titans did become the Outsiders. So this is kind of cool that they're uh, adding and mixing this back into the mix. Uh, Sam Register is still coming back. He's the series creator. Uh, Brandon uh, Vetti and then Greg Wiseman. Sam Register is the guy that's responsible for all of the animated movies that are currently happening in the DC realm. So um, this is really exciting. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, and not only that, but I mean, again, relating it to WWE is that there is an opportunity for not only a lot of these properties to come over and be in one place uh, and not only an opportunity for other live action properties and new properties to come about, but you can throw in a lot of original content. DC could do its own uh, like talk show 
with a lot of these people where they they do what we do every week and they recap the shows like every you know like every week it's something yeah. for people to tune into now personally i would like them to vet us for that job um, <laughs> and we will definitely go for it if we find out it's a possibility but <laughs> and but you know it's there's just there's so much opportunity for this and I, i'm excited for it yeah uh, i mean like i said they already do dc all access which is really great this would be a great place to have that there um i, I i'm really excited to see what's going to come of this like i said being a ps4 user though Man, PlayStation just announced this week that they just finished shipping their 60 millionth system. 60 million PlayStations are out in the wild. For them not to have the CW app is moronic, uh, which is where you can watch these shows, where it's on almost every other platform you can imagine. Roku, Xbox, uh, you know, it's on iPhone, Android, everywhere, but PlayStation. Um, They need to make sure they hit all of their target demographic and Gamers are one of the biggest ones. You can't block things like that. You have to be smart. Don't make that mistake because this is CW slash Warner Brothers doing this. So this has to do with CB, uh, CW, Warner Brothers, and CBS. Um, so they need to make sure they do not mess this up. I really hope and wish the best for them because everybody wants this Young Justice revival. And I want this Titan show. I absolutely want this Titan show. Yeah. So... But yeah, so guys, that is the news this week. Like I said, that last story, like I said, pretty heavy, uh, and it opens the door for a ton of potential ramifications for how this content gets out there. But it also opens the door to a lot of amazing possibilities. So yeah, exactly. Uh, so recommendations, and then cheap yeah. plugs, and we'll get out of here. Um, I'm gonna let you go because my voice is really tired. Um, <laughs> ah, crap! I didn't have mine ready to go. Uh, well, I have mine if you need it, no, so no, it's give okay. Give me like uh, 10 seconds and I will uh, I will have it ready. Um, it's because we're professionals. Exactly. And, uh... <laughs> oh, my stupid Facebook keeps – damn it. Um, all right. I, I'll just have to go the roundabout way. Um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast about uh, Tom Cavanaugh and Grant Gustin doing a short together. Uh, they actually have a uh, GoFundMe account right now to kind of raise funds for that short so that they can get it out to the public and, and let people see it and they can finish filming it. Uh, if you just search, if you're on Facebook, uh, just search for Tom Cavanaugh, go to his Facebook page. He has links on his Facebook page to the GoFundMe page. Uh, go and check it out. There's a really funny uh, video on the GoFundMe page of Tom and Grant on set of The Flash talking about what this short's going to be about. And if you know anything about Tom Cavanaugh and the stuff he does behind the scenes, you know how funny this video is automatically. And especially with Grant, uh, it's hysterical. And I, there's, he's got a, a ton of behind-the-scenes pictures and videos of this short being filmed on his Facebook page. So go uh, if you're on Facebook, just uh, search Tom Cavanaugh, check out his Facebook page, and you'll get to see all this stuff. Because I'm really looking forward to, uh, to this short and, and what it's going to be, especially if it's coming from the mind of Cavanaugh. Yeah, mine this week is Flash number 21, part two of the button crossover that's happening between Flash and Batman right now. I read that back. Oh, I read Batman 21. Did you read Flash 21? Not yet, but I will. Oh, Oh, God, this story is exceptional. It's going to be four issues, but man, I brought it up real quick in the news last week for that recommendation for you guys. If you haven't read it, jump on your tablet, your PC. If you go to your local comic book shop, whatever you can pick up. Batman number 21, Flash number 21, uh, and then Batman 22 comes out this week. 
following uh, Flash 22, the week following where we'll get this wrapped up. Uh, man, we saw the return of the Cosmic Treadmill this week in the comics. That was fantastic. Um, and there was a lot of great nods to a ton of other things, but we got to see this story continue to find out what's really happening with the Watchmen in the DC Universe. Uh, man, guys, this is going to be such an exceptional story when it wraps up. Uh, this is the first real massive major tie outside of a couple small things that have been happening here and there across things like Superman, uh, Batman as well. We saw uh, the fate of Tim Drake currently uh, oh, quite a little while's back. But, man, guys, this is, uh, is going to be fantastic. You owe it to yourself if you love these characters. If you have read DC Rebirth, definitely pick up these books. I'm going to check it out. Um, let's see. I, I, you know, uh, one of the other things is I got to bring up, too, just because it's fun. Um, not associated with this, but me and Ben always uh, work on uh, Extra Life. So I am uh, we're about six months out, so we got a lot of time. But man, uh, I am uh, I am in the midst of planning some major things. I have a I built an arcade cabinet a couple of years back, and uh, I think it's about to get a massive overhaul. Um, and I mean massive. So uh, I'm really excited. So if you guys are friends with me on Facebook, and if you would like to be friends, you can always send us a message, uh, and we'll get you our contact information. But uh, that story will probably start developing on my Facebook page very soon. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to doing that, and I'll probably be sharing the steps along the way. So. Uh, I got to mention, too, before we get out, uh, our friend Brian Roll uh, from Odyssey Art was having that charity drive, and the charity drive ended last week, and the I think they, they compared to last year, which was the first year he did it, uh, they raised, I think, four times the amount that they raised last year uh, in the charity. So if any of our listeners went to his website and bought any raffle tickets, I want to personally thank you on behalf of Brian for doing that, and I can say that out of the 10 prizes he won, I won something! Oh, that's awesome. Actually, I would have won two things, but he wouldn't <laughs> let me win. I My name got drawn for the final two, for the grand prize and the second prize. But because I won the second prize, he wouldn't let me win the grand prize, too. I was so mad because that's what I really wanted. And I, I would have <laughs> won both. But uh, the, the second prize is really cool. Uh, it's not DC-related, but I won a Wolverine bobblehead signed by Hugh Jackman. So, and I got to say, because this is a good transition... Because of your recommendation a couple weeks ago, I finally watched Logan. Oh, man, that was amazing. And you were absolutely right. And they're doing, they're giving Logan the Mad Max treatment. They are re-releasing it in black and white. Yes, they are, which is really awesome. And I kind of want to maybe go see that in the theater when it's released. I do, released, too, because I uh, missed Logan in theaters. I did, too. And uh, yay for other fun ways of watching things. I got, I <laughs> so. got a really awesome uh, Logan print from Brian. Uh, that will be framed, and this Hugh Jackman bobblehead uh, will be going right next to that print uh, in my new studio at the end of the year because uh, <laughs> I will be buying a house at the end of the year. So when I build my studio in that house, I will have a bunch of new places. I, I will be containing all of my nerddom into one room uh, and keeping the rest of the house pretty normal uh, <laughs> only because of the fact, well, there's some... There's some things that depend on that. It depends on whether or not a certain person is going to be living with me at the time. If if this person's living with me at the time, because who the hell knows what's going on there, um, then I will contain all my nerddom to one room in my studio. Otherwise, it will probably spread outside the house. It'll spread outside the house. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but that, um, that so bobblehead will be with that print, which is really cool. 
the last thing we have to say because, man, we only had three episodes and went two hours. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we did say it wasn't going to be a short episode, so hey, we're in the clear. Hey, this is Uh, making up for only 20 minutes last week. Hey, totally. So uh, I will say this uh, to everybody. Make sure you uh, go visit our friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. He was gracious enough to lend some of his fantastic music to our show that you get to hear each and every week. Um, And like I said, he's got a a SoundCloud page over there, too. He's done so much stuff. He's been on so many things. He's done stuff with Stan Lee. He's got the uh, the, uh, Star Wars uh, musical, and he's working on the second part still now. Uh, make sure you go over there. If he's got anything up, like our Patreon or anything like that, please support him. Uh, we love his work. And uh, like I said, it, I love listening to those tunes, and especially the fact that we destroyed one of them by singing lyrics over <laughs> 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 uh, But anyway, like I said, that that does it for me. Uh, I will give my plug to get out of here, and I let Ben do his, and we'll call it a day. Yes. Uh, as always, you can find me as well on the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, also on the Next Level Podcast Network. Uh, I am in the planning stages. I, I used to do the episodes at the end of the month. They're now, I think, going to be at the beginning of the month as we're transitioning because there's a lot of work that's going to go into these new episodes, so a lot more planning is involved. Uh, so the next episode will be The Wonderful World of Joss Whedon, which will be out probably within the first week, uh, if not early second week of the month. And uh, then after that, I think we're going to possibly be doing a Star Wars-only episode. So lots of planning on that. Uh, and I can be found on the Next Level Podcast Network as well at the Showcast Spotlight, uh, which is our interview celebrity interview podcast. Uh, a couple upcoming podcasts that we have coming out this week. We are speaking again uh, to the one and only Mr. Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? We're actually going to be talking to him on Tuesday. Uh, so, uh, that'll be out later on this week. Uh, nextlevelradioonline.com is where you can find that, or you can subscribe to the Showcast Spotlight, uh, on iTunes just by searching Showcast Spotlight. Uh, and you can subscribe to Caffeine Crew Cast of, uh, Cast of Pods on iTunes by doing the same. Just search Cast of Pods and you'll find it. Um, we were supposed to have Exhibit from Empire on, and formerly from Pimp My Ride, uh, but unfortunately, the day he was scheduled, his father passed away. So we, uh, we're we going to reschedule him for a later date. Uh, but yeah, a lot of cool interviews coming up. You can check out all the ones we've done in the past, nextlevelradioonline.com. And again, our Facebook page for this podcast, uh, facebook.com slash Primetime. Once again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for your continued support to the podcast and the community. Please feel free to post, comment, and message us on the Facebook page. We try to respond as quickly as possible and as often mm-hmm. as possible. And we love the conversations of, that we have. Yeah, a lot of new faces are popping up on that page that are responding and liking articles. So it's awesome to see a lot more people getting involved. Uh, it, it makes us incredibly happy to see you guys uh, all, all diving in. So yeah. And sharing news stories. That was really awesome that uh, Will did that. And uh Gave us a little uh, nod of what's going on because sometimes we miss it because we have our primary news sources we use like uh, CBR, uh, Newsarama, and um, uh, comicbookmovie.com. Uh, so yeah. really thank you guys for for that. And uh, the last thing I got to say too because I almost forgot, uh, show for next week will be one day late. I will be at Steampunk World's Fair uh, in Piscataway, New Jersey. Uh, my wife will be working there and I will be uh, giving out free coffee for fun just because uh why not um (laughs) but yeah so if you happen to uh be a steampunk fan and you are in the new jersey neck of the woods it is an amazing amazing festival uh definitely check that out online and you can definitely find me there too but uh yeah we'll be recording that monday night after because i will be mentally brain damaged by the end of that 
especially after the last event uh, I went to from that group, I got a concussion. So I could definitely be mentally brain damaged after this one. Um, I had an idea, and I want to run this past you. I'm going to run it past you on the podcast because I'm curious about what our listeners think about this as well. What if we went for a three-hour podcast? Buckle in, guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was actually thinking of if we can make this work in the time frame that we have. What? Excuse me. What if there was a way we could do a Facebook Live viewing reaction video? Of one of the finales of these shows, of one of the season finales, um, and we'd have to find a way to actually be able to watch it live because because you and I primarily watch via streaming um, yes. afterwards. So, but I, but it, that times in with people that are seeing it on the West Coast. Yeah, so. it, it does. Um, so, I think there's a way we could possibly do it. Uh, my curiosity isn't the, isn't just the fact of the logistics of making it happen. Is how many people out there of our listeners would actually watch? Um, so I, I don't know. It's something to think about, uh, and it's something to, to to consider. So if if any of you out there would like to see us do something like that, or even if it's not one of the finales, but something over the summer where Rob and I get together and we do a live Facebook viewing of an old show, an old episode of something, or a movie we haven't seen yet, or something like that, uh, let us know, because I'm open to expanding and doing a bunch of new stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we already talked about we're going to do that fight night um, the day after Injustice comes out. Yeah. Um and we'll we'll I, I don't think we did that yet, but I, we need to put well, up a the, little the image day after of our justice uh, comes out. I'll be in Harrisburg for Harrisburg Comic Con. Ah, so so we'll, we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait a week. So maybe what we'll do is the following uh, following Tuesday or something like that. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll pick a date. Uh, we will put up an image that has my picture and Ben's picture and our PSN user IDs. That way, you can just feel free to add us. Um, and we'll go from there, and then we'll get this set up. That way, it will still happen in May, but gives everybody a chance to play around with the game for a week. So, uh, And we're going to figure out a new people... contest to do soon, too. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think we were talking about doing a, 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 a tournament winner for the Fight Night thing. Um, but then we have to do something for people that don't have PS. And then we'll do something yeah. for the uh, the normal listeners as well. So, uh, And we'll make it sure that it's uh, only one entry per. So if you do one, you can't do the other because... Uh, uh, I don't want to <laughs> kill ourselves with <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly all that stuff, but so, but yeah, well, yeah, we'll definitely get something planned very soon. Uh, I really wish I, I had a bigger budget for prizes because Steampunk's World Fair. There's some amazing leather work that people have done and made costumes of some of these classic DC characters that are beyond gorgeous. Uh, but I uh, love you guys, but I'm not shelling out $700 for one of those pieces for you guys <laughs> and then paying for shipping. So <laughs> yeah. we get some cool uh, stuff in the work. So it's yep, yep, yep. So maybe if we get that Patreon rolling sometime, we could do something like that down the road. Yep. As of right now. So So. be ready. Uh, Uh, But that's going to be it for this week. Again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for supporting the community and supporting us. Feel free to share the podcast. In fact, we encourage you to do so. Uh, But until next week, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.